We are the ultimate bad review. Roll camera. Camera rolling. Roll sound. South speed. You look in the camera and Runa take, you're dead. Marcus! Action! You know Quentin Tarantino? I love his movies. I fucking hate Forrest Gump. There's nothing left for our kinds of movies. Take back the screen! The Directors Guild of America will bring down its swift sword of justice on you rank amateurs. The enormity of their stupidity is just overwhelming. So this is the first time we've ever had this many people yeah. on the show. I'm also like in a Easily. different chair, and I'm like way lower than everybody right now. <laughs> That's why we were all looking down at right? you. Yeah. Well, you got some more quad energy, though. Shut up. <laughs> I wish at least he had hair. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, and then... And, but speed Lord Farquaad, the fucking singer of Smash Mouth fucking died. How so crazy sad. is that? Yeah. I wonder, do we know how? Liver yeah, failure. No, it, yeah. Oh, really? I heard it was like a new disease. Everything. They were calling it Smash Mouth Syndrome. <laughs> oh, I know, and it's God. sweeping the nation. Yeah. <laughs> you know what they say, speak ill of the dead. <laughs> Look, man. I, I'm not, no one's speaking ill of the dead here. Yeah, I'm just it. saying I didn't watch it. Shrek in honor of him dying <laughs> in his <laughs> memorial or anything like that. I think we watched The Nun, technically. But yeah, I think the day he died, just kind of we watched The Nun. <laughs> this motherfucker comes to my house and is like, let's watch The Nun. <laughs> Remember when we saw The Nun together? Yeah. And, and not that Joey, but Joey spilled all that popcorn yeah. in the middle of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um... So... On a second watch, it's yeah. still not great. No, Matt, <laughs> like, really liked it, I liked it. Really? I liked it, yeah. Because you're really? doing this in preparation for the second one coming yeah. out, right? The Nun yeah. 2, the Nun and Ng. But the nun it's, nun it's kind of the same thing that happened whenever I watched the Meg 1. And in, in preparation to watch the Meg 2, the Meg was actually not that bad. I actually kind of liked it. It could have been a lot better. It's not a perfect movie by any means. Is that I, the shark I, I feel movie? The same way. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I feel the same way about the Nun. Did they sing Baby not... Shark once during that movie? No, thank mid, God. Mid tier, yeah, right. low low hanging fruit movie. Yeah, seriously, but Jason Statham doesn't even say the first rule when entering a man's car in the middle of that movie, and no. I don't have to hear, and I don't hear Baby Shark, and it's PG thirteen. What are you trying to make me watch, yeah. man? I mean, or, dude, sin number one. It should have been rated R for sure. But, all yeah. all movies should be rated R. <laughs> every, Pretty much every Actual, movie should be rated R. Ever ever since um, what is it? Last Crusade came out, and then they they, they created the PG thirteen yeah. rating. It was a bad move. It was. For, for, for was movies. that they created it for? Yeah. I don't. I, don't know it was, I thought it was Temple of Doom. I thought it was specifically for Crusades because because Temple was still PG. Hmm. Temple was like pushing. Honestly, it, the eighties was like the Wild West of movies. That's yeah. very yeah. true. It could be G. be seeing yeah. some wild shit yeah. out there. Dude. Well, it's like it's the Wild West until you wanted to make a nasty ass movie then they'd be yeah. like no you yeah, have right. to, you, yeah. you have to fight every single man known in the in the MPAA just to get your your little Jason movie made yeah they, and they, then they, they still cut that shit <laughs> Jason stayed them yeah. in the 80s last call and it's a Fisher Price fucking car cause he's a baby <laughs> cranking like on the fucking like on the battery in the Fisher Price car that would be fucking crazy baby driver baby driver literal the literal, <laughs> literal baby, driver. baby driver yeah but no I'm not looking forward to seeing the nun too but I get I the feeling that it's kind of funny when does yeah, it come I out I think why. it came out on Friday oh, it's like out? last Friday yeah that's kind of lame it's I would I wish they would have waited till October 
something's going on where they're like move, they've been moving like all the movies around for like for the October September releases. Which I'm it. I'm kind of thankful that that they moved around the Exorcist Believer or whatever yeah. it is, um, because it's like I think it's Taylor Swift's tour the that <sighs> that's coming to theaters and they moved around. But I'm kind of thankful because I wish now, people would touch grass. But, but now I'm kind of thankful because yeah, you're the biggest Swifty out there, dude. Let's not fool the audience. According no, to dude, right, I put up a quite a front, <laughs> <laughs> a huge front. Yeah, no. um, but I am thankful that it's coming out in October now because the original Exorcist is coming back to theaters, oh. and then so we get to watch that in theaters, and then, then the the new one, which obviously the original is probably gonna blow it out of the water. Yeah, but we'll see because. I said that for Halloween 2018, and Halloween 2018 was a great ride. So I enjoyed that one a lot. It's the same guy. So As we'll a staunch see. Catholic, how do you feel about it? I didn't even Exorcist. know they made 2018 Halloween movies, honestly. What? <laughs> <laughs> wow, nice. That seems a little bit excessive, honestly. It is. It's very excessive. I think There's he was like, talking about that. I was talking about the Exorcist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that we know what the, what the Vatican thinks you know, about Halloween 2018. I, I, just like, I just like that it's preaching a good message, you know? Yeah, right. That's it's, like, it's true. It's true. I like that. I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. It is. It I, is. I'm very nervous about the new Exorcist movie. I'm very, very nervous about the new Exorcist. I feel what, like what's I'm What's it rated? R, right? It's rated R it's for rated sure. R. That's good. But it's like, it's the same people that did the new Halloween trilogy, which has proven to me that they know how to make yeah. a great first movie, a pretty <laughs> solid second movie, and then they know how to ruin everything they know how to like on such a grandiose <laughs> level i i i can't put into words i still think about it sometimes yeah. it's just like us leaving that theater and all of us just being like okay that was like the worst movie we've yeah. ever seen right Dang, it was so Maybe wildly unpleasant cunningham in this new oh my god yeah that's right i forgot about they'll have to add like yeah like the a universe weird, is gonna have a weird crossover the weird yeah. crossover or there's gonna it's have like, to just create its own Corey the, cunningham the new yeah. michael Myers. i was oh, yeah, yeah, the right, third one will right. be like i was possessed by the devil when i was 12 oh that's crazy i used to work at hot topic and then i killed my whole family <laughs> we should totally do it like that's gonna be the fucking third and exorcist movie and i just i don't want it okay yeah. <laughs> we'll have to see i i still have faith I did, did. Did you see the the new Halloween movies, Nick? No, I did not. You didn't. Okay, that's not. fine. Why not? Personally, I do recommend uh, I them. Know. I never really was into the Halloween movies. Oh, that's really? Okay. Yeah. Who would you say right. of the '80s killers? Who oh, was your Freddy. favorite? Really? Oh, really? Damn, you're Dude, gonna have a good time with Matt tonight. I'm starting. Yeah. I'm starting on. Well, starting. <laughs> I'm on. I'm on movie six. Oh, nice. Out of, yeah, yeah. So like Freddy's Dead, which, dude, so far I'm not gonna lie, the worst one has been two. I don't know if you if you oh, agree yeah, with that yeah, or yeah. not, uh, but. I don't know. I, I don't think out of the originals that I have one that's like the worst other than like um, Freddy vs. Jason I think is the worst of really? the like Freddy Really? Like out of all yeah. of them? Yeah. <laughs> it uh, it's very, still good. It like I, I do love that movie. <laughs> but I, that's definitely I think the worst one. Nice. Okay. That movie is I'm getting trip. there. I'm getting there. I, I, I Freddy's Dead, New Nightmare, and um, then Freddy vs. Jason. Which, one, which one's the one with dead. the... Uh, Freddy can't die. Fre Freddy's Daddy. Yeah. Where they, he puts a Elm Street like in every town, or like he go he spreads out to all the Elm Streets. That is, I'm pretty sure Freddy's dead, and yeah. I and I only know that because I watched the trailer and like one of the taglines that he said in it was like every town's yeah. got one of them. Yeah, so I was like, okay, that's that sounds I, I, like I love those movies because they like they all tell like you know <laughs> it's all one story, you know, yes, and it's like that's true. I mean, I guess that you could make the argument that the others are as well, but they're just so like repetitive and where Freddy's story is like a continuation kind of and like the, yeah. the people grow and they Keeps like develop adding. you know 
I just like, dream powers, you know. I agree, dude. Dream Warriors was like yeah, that was so good. good. Yeah. I was it, it 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 threw me for a loop so hard because everyone was saying just wait, it gets worse and worse. But it's like as I've been watching the mm-hmm. movie, I've enjoyed it. Like I like I like the formula. It, I like it more than Jason's movies for sure. Is the second one the one where he like kind of like possesses that kid or whatever? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That one, that one's still good. That's got some good scenes in it. It does. They 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 all have great scenes, and we, we, we you know this isn't the the uh, Freddy podcast. Yeah, like we don't believe it or not. Really talk, yeah, no, believe it or not. I talk about enough, <laughs> enough horror shit. I don't. Like I, I don't think Freddy's my least. Uh, Michael's always been my favorite. It would probably be Michael, Freddy, Jason, and I think it's just nice. that Jason has a really good atmosphere that goes nowhere like immediately until it, it goes is. to space. That's true. For some fucking reason. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, my favorite so Halloween crazy. movie is the the third one, the Season of the Witch. The one the without one Michael Myers. Michael. That's my wow. favorite one. That's funny. It's it's not a good movie. My favorite. Not, I like I like the story. Bad, it's just, yeah, my favorite it's is the one with Buster Rhymes. It's kind of outdated. <laughs> Resurrection. Resurrection. Yeah. Resurrection. That's the best one. That is that's a good one. Resurrection's wild. Do you see what you're missing out on? Dude, yeah, I've actually never yeah. seen a Halloween movie. Yeah. <laughs> except wow. except for the original. The original, I would I would recommend, even though a lot of people would probably look at it and be like. That's old now, but it's mm-hmm. it's good. That's a movie you would it's, like. It's okay. the, the original is so good. Yeah. Yeah. Really? It's very different from because it's not yeah. like you know. It's more in about the slasher really category. You know, it's more yeah. about like atmospheric pacing, yeah. and it's yeah. John Carpenter. Like as a whole, it's it's good. It starts good and only like gets great as the movie goes. That's yeah, cool. I'm it. definitely slacking on the the horror genre we watched evil dead a while back and that was my first time seeing that that was that was pretty cool did you like it i did yeah, yeah and now nice. you're even more yeah, alone joey you don't like evil dead? no i don't oh, wow. like evil dead it's i don't know there's just something i was just talking to Matt one about day. this there's, one day yeah, i hope so but yeah i have not I'll turn around one day delved too much into it so that's okay yeah, yeah. okay yeah evil dead is one of my favorites of all time so they We're just, big Evil Dead Stan podcast. Two thirds of us are a big Evil <laughs> Dead Stan podcast. Did you like Rise? I liked it enough. Yeah. It was it, it wasn't better than the 2013 oh, remake. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like the 2013 remake is. It's definitely my least favorite good. in the whole Evil Dead like movie universe. I mean, I would I, I would probably agree same. with that. But, yeah, right. But it's like it's not very far below. It's it's. I still enjoyed it. Like it has the least amount of blood of any Evil Dead movie. Really? Isn't that crazy? That is. I believe that though. Didn't they have like. Kind of like the whole uh, river of blood coming out of the wood chipper thing. In just like that in that true. movie, there is there is in Evil Dead Rise, there's seventeen hundred <laughs> gallons of blood, and in Evil Dead twenty thirteen, there's I think seventy five thousand gallons of blood, but and I'm pretty wow. sure the the first two each had like twenty five hundred gallons or something like that. They also did the whole raining blood scene in the in the twenty thirteen yeah. remake, which yeah. is kind of hard to. To, to top, yeah, to top yeah, that. Sure. There's so much blood in that movie, but it's so good. Gas, <laughs> yeah, it's so good. I, uh, I, I definitely agree with you. I think it has enough iconic moments to where I like it. I really like the mom deadite. There are things about the movie that I'm not crazy. I think you about. like the mom deadite a little much there, bud. Yeah, you you immediately defend her. Like, listen, okay, she's great. <laughs> I love she bad. The dead. <laughs> I love the deadite mommy. I mean, mom. <laughs> <laughs> like, listen, I mean, it, yeah. I'm it, not a foot guy great. here or anything. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I think that there's there's enough going for it for yeah. it to be enjoyed. There were some character arcs that were un- unnecessary. Yeah. And how they found the book is kind of goofy. Yes. Like it's, it's an earthquake, and then the it's just in the vault. Yeah, and it's just there. It's right. like, oh, let me let me take, just put on headphones and just zone out and read this right. book. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just kind of, kind of, kind of over it at that point. But yeah, it works. It's fine. It's like, once again, the 2013 remake, I think, just did it better. It was a little bit more like in your face about it mm. with the whole like 
trying to um, beat the whole heroin addiction and all that stuff. Right. And it would just had a little bit more yeah. tooth to it. So, but yeah, anyway, um, before we jump too far ahead into yes. this episode, I do have one last topic I want to get to go in our preamble here. I don't know if I, I know the three of us are going to think this is a really big deal. If I exclude either of you on this one, I'm very sorry, but boys, we did it. We Ooh. bullied and bullied and fucking bullied <laughs> And Wait. Regal has finally pulled their fucking intro commercial from theaters. Which is I thought nice. that was a joke, No, dude. it's fucking gone. We did Twitter it. Bullying works. Me. Oh, my God. <laughs> bullying he, fucking works. How did bully that? Oh, my God. Everybody bullied. Except Matt. But how? Matt quoted it every movie still. I'm I'm a little sad. I, I was, was going to say, it's a, it was like a trend it's on also, TikTok and, yeah, and okay Twitter to just bully just it. saying it's bad. <laughs> I did. Cool. And also, like, well, congratulations. Guys. I'm really good. <laughs> I'm telling you. It's a big deal. They're like, we need to end bullying wrong. We need to increase our Do, forces. <laughs> but did they replace it with something? I think it's just like... It's probably another Regal Unlimited fucking commercial. Yeah, it'll probably be the Regal Unlimited like, commercial again. Which, I would honestly so much rather have to see, like, that commercial... Then have to see a bunch of people half-heartedly quote movie lines to have yeah. conversations with each other. <laughs> While the worst music you've ever heard in your life <laughs> like plays. Play <laughs> you can't sit with us. So you're telling me there's a chance. If I saw yeah. that, I would lo loaded gun yeah. in the theater. Bro, that, makes, that makes zero sense. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they've had that for like a couple years now, too. Yeah. They've honest, had it for a while. They've had it for a while. Like, the amount of movies years. we see, too, it's like, it gets so repetitive. <laughs> it was bad the minute it showed up though like the yeah. first time i saw that i was like there's no fucking way this is Listen. real tell me why they always hired jack johnson to do the music for those it's so uh yeah i thought i thought it was goopy the first time that i saw it and i just learned how to enjoy it for its stupidness like it, it it's not it's not great no. I I will miss it just because I like turning to you guys oh, every well. time I heard, which is nice. Yeah, but even like even Hannah would look and be like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> she, was, public, she, she was over it. Yeah, we are in public, Matt. It's not funny. Yeah. <laughs> it was like it's like, funny to me. Always funny to Matt. You gotta have your Larry David moment. You know, the right yeah, guy looks yeah. Yeah. I find yeah. this funny. <laughs> <laughs> Let me be the contrarian here and say this is fucking funny. But I felt, I felt, not the same way, but I felt weird like when we went to AMC and we saw Circus Maximus and then Nicole Kidman commercial played and we were like, oh yeah, the legendary Nicole Kidman commercial. And like seven minutes later, we're like, is this commercial really still going? Yeah. Like, we it's were there longer for than so the legal thing. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, that's kind of surprising, but you know, to each their own. I'm glad I think, I think Nicole Kidman's cool. For sure. Yeah. Nicole Kidman's a lot cooler than. I like the Cool Regal thing. Yeah. Yeah. Have you still not watched Eyes Wide Shut? I still have not watched uh, Eyes Wide Shut. Dude, come on! Yeah, what, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Also, hey. so there was an episode where Nick is bragging, or not bragging, I guess. He was, he was, <laughs> <laughs> uh, every episode. Remember whose no. show you're on? Really? There's an episode where Nick was discussing how we played chess together. Oh, oh, you bitch. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. No, you guys set the record straight. I'm so, it was just so funny because, like, I'm listening to that episode after we played chess a second time. And during the episode, he's like, you know what? It ain't gonna happen again. I'm gonna get next time. You're welcome anytime, brother. Come yeah. on over. I'll set the record straight. Then I'm listening to it after I beat him again. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. 
I'm sorry, dude. No. Oh my so, god. Which I guess brings me to my next chess champion. Brings me to my fits. next topic. Uh -oh. Sorry, folks. This episode's probably coming out late because somebody had to yeah. change up the schedule so many oh, fucking yeah. times. Dude, I had my like fantasy. I knew it. I fucking knew it. I had my fantasy Wimbledon uh, draft, and I had to make sure <laughs> nice, I was nice, prepared, nice. dude. I knew it. You uh, are banned from the podcast forever after this. <sighs> Oh, no. Damn. Well, he's here now. I'm so, here. So that's Nick, all what are you looking at, bro? Really something just like hit my head. It's probably the ghost. <laughs> yeah, we do. Like, Look at this basement. Do. Are you trying to tell me this isn't haunted? We do have a ghost. I'm not trying to tell you nothing. Are you trying to tell me that it is haunted? <laughs> Did you watch the movie I made? Of course it's haunted. <laughs> Did you kill your wife? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no. Wait, so that, so that, that, do I need to that call wasn't Marley's? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we just... It's like Nick loves Christmas so much that we actually have a Christmas ghost down here. No, who was the Kirk ghost here? of Christmas? Who was the present? ghost? We confirmed a ghost in here earlier, <laughs> like couple like episodes ago. We confirmed that there was an existence of it. Oh, it was the it was the the old, like the Love Live like cast member. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, <dude. laughs> yeah, she died. It was she, good talking to you guys. Yeah. I'm, gonna have, I'm gonna have to be going. It was a weird. I don't know how we got there, but I, I like good anime. Like. Uh, yeah, think long and hard. Uh, What's your answer, pal? We're talking about something. Death Note. Yeah. Death. Death Note. That is on my list. I did just watch all of Attack on Titan in like five days. Like, really? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah That yeah. was hard. I shouldn't have done that. I that is not a show you just like turn on Binge. and just keep watching. Dude, yeah. Everybody's like, it's so sad. And I was like, okay. <laughs> it looks, it's like Game of Thrones. How sad could it be? Jesus fucking Christ. It's miserable. <laughs> But it was so good, so I'm so excited to see where it goes next. But, uh, well, speaking of animes that make you feel a sense of dread and, like, life has no meaning, welcome to the Shot and the Chaser podcast, a podcast where we, I think, haven't fully decided what the Shot and the Chaser is going to be. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but one of the movies is Andre Tarkovsky's Stalker. We are finally doing that. It's been our background since the day we started this. Hell yeah. I know you guys have been waiting forever for us to do it. And then the other movie, well, we really need to figure out which one is going to be which here, uh, is... Uh, end of Evangelion. Uh, I, feel like, I feel like that is the shot. You think that End of Evangelion? No, I think Stalker is the shot. Ooh, you don't, really? But you don't, it doesn't take you three hours to take a shot. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, you convinced me in one sentence. Yeah. Dude, That's you convinced me has an elevator pitch that you won't believe. Hard. <laughs> I, I thought you guys were going to fight to the death. I was ready for that. And Bro, stuff, I guess. They had a convincing <laughs> argument. I'm not going to lie. I am a battle of wits. Take two. Tonight's shot is uh, Hideko Otto's End of Evangelion. And then to chase this down, we have Andre Tarkovsky's Stalker. Five yep. white guys in a basement discussing the most existential dread movies ever made. Let's ever. do this. This I'm is probably ready. not going to be a 90-minute episode. Best probably of luck, ladies. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm Nick. I'm Matt. I'm Joey. I'm Fitch. I'm Nick. That's right, folks. Hey. For the first time in Shot and Chaser podcast history, we have two guests with us. Nick B. is returning. I've returned. <laughs> there he is. And first time, first time caller, long time listener, we have Jonathan Fitch. Fitch, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, let's see here. I'm a good Muslim boy. I love. <laughs> Don't you have to repent for that right now? <laughs> nah, man. I play drums. I uh, love Wimbledon, and I'm here, dude. Let's go. I love oh, Wimbledon. Yeah. <laughs> That's all we need to know. That is all that we needed That's to know, we need I guess. All right, well then, before we get into that, we'll start with you, Matt. What you been watching this week? 
Well, we already got... Okay, so uh, we we did get into it a little bit. I watched The Nun. Uh, I, I loved it. Or, or I, should, I should, should say Nick and I watched The Nun. Um, I didn't love it. <laughs> yeah, he didn't love it. That's okay. Uh, I got to rewatch They Live in Theaters, John uh, John Carpenter's masterpiece. Great movie. Freaking loved it. I thought I thought it was incredible. Um, second time watching it, and uh, I, I, I loved it. But that's, that's all I got to say about that. It, it is one of the most quotable movies I've ever seen. And uh, if, if you have not seen They Live, heavily recommend it. It's got one of the longest uh, kind of like off-the-cuff fight scenes. I, I guess Jesus like, like Christ, it, it kind of comes truth? out of nowhere and it lasts for like three or four minutes. It just They just keep on beating each other up. And you just it's keep so thinking funny. it's going to end yeah. and then it doesn't. It's awesome. And also like the... It's the, called They Fight. They, right? <laughs> this guy... Literally. Zingo. Um, and of course, I love the 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 soundtrack. John Carpenter brought in the heat per per usual. And you so. watched that for the first time this year, right? It was recently. I feel like you watched it. I think it was for the first time this year, maybe last year. But yeah. yes, uh, first time recently, in theater. And I remember so it was you worth talking it. about it on the podcast and like well, then, saying it was amazing and fantastic and it's pretty cool you got to see it in theaters it was so good yeah and then uh next movie i get to watch from john john carpenter which is coming back to the theaters is christine so the killer car is this at uh bizarre theater is this at regal or is that regal Regal? yeah and you don't have to hear that stupid commercial when you go see it (laughs) it's a it's a fathom event this time we had little pieces of trivia from from different john carpenter movies i thought i thought it was was okay that's cool that's cool The best part about the, the, those Fathom events is that they, they start right when it says it's going to start. So yes. if you're, okay. like, you show up right at 4, it's not 4.30 because of the because the advertisements. Mm-hmm. It starts at 4. That's like, cool. Immediately. So that, that's kind of nice. It is a plus for I sure. I love that. Yeah. You, uh, or, sorry, what did you watch, Joey? So I actually watched, uh, we kind of touched on it a little bit, talking about like 80s movies. We wa- I watched uh, all the Mad Max movies. I mm. saw that. Yeah. <laughs> I decided Dude, to like, I binge Max. them. You're and Mad Max, you're and mad. We were just talking about how like PG thirteen, they should never do that. I fully agree with the Mad Max series. The first two are rated R and are yes. sick. Yeah, and then the third one is PG thirteen and has Tina Turner in it, <laughs> and I don't get it, but it was still fun. It, but it was not nearly as good as the first two. And then Fury Road is so good. Agreed for sure. It's, what was your favorite uh, Mad Max movie? Oh man, probably the first one. My man, I, yeah. same here, bro. Yeah. I love I really the first like one. The first That's one. the best one. It's actually like top ten movies for me. Yeah, I really. really? Love the first one. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. really good. It shocked me. I love. Like that, it had a pretty small budget. Uh, I looked at, it, but it kind of became like this cult classic yeah. like, pretty early on. And to Australia, and, yeah. am I right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it, it was a lot of fun, though. I really liked. Crikey, <laughs> he's and Mad think, Max. Um, Tom Hardy. <laughs> oh my goodness, uh, Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy did a really good job at replacing Mel Gibson. Yeah, like he, he really played the role uh, almost better, but not quite. But it, it he was, did a good it job. Was, yeah, very good. I like to watch. I got to see that one in theaters, and that was it was actually the first Mad Max movie I had seen. But the theater experience of it was really cool. Yeah. It's just I don't know, just like really cinematic the entire time. Yeah, it's a great it's movie. It's a very big movie. Yeah. yeah, that's actually the only one I've seen. So whenever okay. he, whenever he was like, I've seen all of them. I was like, damn, I need to catch up. Yeah. <laughs> definitely recommend, especially the first one. That's my favorite. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Really you, there is literally a scene though where he ties someone to a tree and he's walking away and they're like, "You're mad, Max. You're mad." And it made yeah. me the first. I saw it before I saw Fury Road and I remember just like, 
laughing so fucking hard. Like, there's no way. There's no way this is really a line I of this movie. I, I, I fell in love, like, immediately right there. I was like, this is so fucking stupid. <laughs> That's I, I love yeah. stuff like that so much. Yeah, me too. What about you, Nick? Or, yeah, Nick, what did you watch? I guess, yeah, I, I have... Nick C. I have hierarchy here. Um, so... <laughs> Another movie that you conveniently forgot to mention that we suffered through this week. We had the misfortune of seeing Slaughterhouse in theaters. We saw it, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's sloth. like, what the fuck is that? And then Joey's like, oh my god, you actually saw it. I can't believe because you guys sent the and someone sent the trailer a me. while back. It was me. It was definitely Matt. It. Yeah, it was and me. no part of the trailer made me want to watch this movie. You're so not I'm missing out. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it made you guys it's like a watch P- it. one, it's a PG thirteen horror movie, furthering Whoa. this argument. Yeah. If your movie's PG thirteen and it's scary in any way, fuck yourself. Yeah. But it was uh gonna be good. It was a movie about a sloth that goes on a murderous rampage. Throughout yeah. the movie, nobody knows what a sloth is. They call it everything oh. other than a sloth. They're just like, is it like some kind of like bird rat thing? You need to get your bear mouse out of here. And I was like, what the fuck is going on with these people? And throughout the whole movie, the sloth is killing sorority girls, but none of them are acknowledging that like all of their friends are going missing. And no. I was like, okay, no. I really hate this. And then at the end of the movie, I swear to God, we're in the theater. And one of the characters goes, it's a slaughter house. And our theater erupted no. in la- for like Bro, three minutes straight. Stop. All you can hear is people be like, <laughs> holy shit. So I was like, <laughs> I was like this is not funny like at all. There are moments of this that are funny. Yeah. That was not one of them at all. The hey, 24 has gone too far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the worst part is that that line was in the trailer. They didn't even try to hide it or anything. It was it was part of their marketing. So I was like, I was so surprised that so many people laughed when it when it came into the movie. It was it's not. Whatever. It was fun. It's a fun movie. Uh, it was a Fathom event though. Also, so my Regal Pass didn't work for it. So oh I had to God. spend money for two tickets to like the most unbearable fucking oh. viewing experience. But guess Whoa, what? You you are two theater. steps closer to becoming diamond status now though. Oh, gee whiz. <laughs> Fucking yeah. thank where, God. Where you get you get an additional one thousand credits and that's it. Wow. You know, I, I have like sixty-five thousand credits. I never use them. I don't know. No. I don't know. So I had to sit through that bullshit. And the day before that I went and saw uh The Voyage of the Demeter, Dracula on a boat. Two oh, kind of mid-tier movies. I I would say I that I enjoyed Voyage of the Demeter more. Really nice. Yeah. The Voyage of the Demeter actually like fucking gave a shit. Like wow. it, it loses its like steam pretty quickly, but like it tells, like, a sort of fun story, and it's kind of cool. And then I watched um, the guy who did Voyage of, Last Voyage of the Demeter did another movie back in 2016 that I watched this week called The uh, the Autopsy of Jane Doe, which was pretty okay. It was fun, but, another, but like, a, a movie that starts really strong, like, and does not stick the landing. Like, it, it kind of, like, fumbles the ball really hard. Brian Cox is in it. Whoa. And it's, like, him and his son are morticians, and at no point does he call his son, like, a blundering fucking idiot. Oh, so it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I was like, I was like this is, he's playing, he plays, like, a supportive father. So I was like, no. No, he doesn't know how to do that. That's fucking, no. this is fucking dumb. That doesn't work that way. So, like, I gave that one, like, a three out of five. It was pretty good. And then, and then lastly, I watched another, um... Ano movie the guy that did End of Evangelion. I watched another one of his movies oh. called uh, Shin Common Rider, which came out this year. Oh, and it's like 
But the one with like the fly helmet. Yes. Like it kind of looks like the fly. It was helmet. really fucking Whoa, hard. Oh, that to was from him. That's I th- not. I thought they showed it to me, suggested it to me because it had Shin in it, and it was like Shinji. I was like, oh. Like oh, maybe they think I'm what trying a, to get what yeah. a what a connection. No. Yeah, I, I've I've seen like the trailer for that. I didn't know that was from him as well. Huh. It's it's it all right. Good. It oh. it's. It feels like a really bloody episode of Power Rangers that doesn't make a lot of sense. Oh, I'm down. Like it's yeah. down and the CGI that. is like horrifying. Oh. Like and it, it was very, it was frustrating. Cause I'm like, I know you got that money. I know that you can do this. I've seen what you can do. So why the fuck does it look like this? I don't. I don't know. So it it, right. it was fun though. Like not, definitely not a bad movie. Um, but it made me excited to watch. I mean, I was trying to watch like more of his movies after we finished Evangelion and the rebuilds and. I had seen Shin Godzilla also, so I was going through... I'm trying to go through his Shin series. Um, the only one left is Shin Ultraman, which he doesn't direct, but he's one of the writers for it. Something funny. <laughs> Ultraman. That, you never heard of Ultraman? No, no. Plebeian. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that was... That one was alright. As a whole, I've had a pretty, like, mid-tier viewing experience this past week. <laughs> but, you know... And I had to watch The Nun again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 you did. There's literally a scene where a nun spits the blood of Christ on the nun. How'd she get that? Great question. <laughs> You'll just have to watch it again. It's in the wine. It's in the wine. Yeah. It was actually in a in a glass orb that doesn't make any sense. It, it, it doesn't make any sense. No, to, I to, remember to seeing that movie, but I guess I don't remember that part. Yeah, it's like a whole. They like have to get the blood of Christ underneath the the abbey. And they go and get it, and it's literally in a, yeah, a glass orb. It's like, oh, okay. it's like in a glass cross inside within of a glass, a glass orb yeah. on a pendant. And that's behind a rock wall. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta hide that stuff, bud. And then, yeah, but then they get it, and then the nun is choking out the. Um, spoiler alert the nun is choking out the main girl, and she's choking her underwater, and she's holding the blood of Christ. And you're like, oh, there's no way she's gonna get it, whatever. And when she brings the girl above water, she spits the blood of Christ out on the nun, and then the nun dies. Did it show her slurping? No. None of that. It was just, like, it, it, it showed you the orb, and there was, like, a little, like, like broken piece out of it, which, how? And then and then the, the, the cross was just missing. Once again, how? Like, and how the nun literally it? is like, Ugh, when she <laughs> <laughs> and no, was like, off, dude. God. dude, the nun, I think, like, laughs at her. It's like, does, do, does a whole, like, little, like, evil chuckle, and then she just, like just spits and then it like disappears Sounds the nun was dope though I'm it's not, not great lie. she's she she's pretty dope looking she was and better long, better in Mulholland Drive though wait is it the same uh, the woman who plays the nun plays the the, the witch in Mulholland Drive yeah the oh. really creepy like the best part of that scare. whole movie yeah, dude I need when to they, when they go to the dumpster now he's like maybe I should really? watch no, the nun no I was gonna say I'm <laughs> due for a rewatch yeah. of Mulholland was Drive it the, was it the Conjuring 2 that had the nun yes which is the best part of that movie that was creepy man that's the best part of that whole movie I don't know what the fuck happened. Mm-hmm. We'll let you know how the Nun 2 is later this week. I will say once again, I like the monster a lot. I'm okay with all the different types of nuns. I think it works. We just need more of her. Mm-hmm. Sure, bud. Whatever you say. Per usual. Just like Jason. We need we need more Jason in his movie. But what have you guys been watching? Nick B, you watched anything uh, this week? Well, lately, well, this past weekend, I watched through Yu Yu Hakusho again. Nice. Yeah, I love that show. Those clips nice. you were sending me were fucking yeah, crazy. It's, it's, it's a pretty bonkers show sometimes. <laughs> cool. Um, Movie-wise, I watch, I finally watched the Dungeons & Dragons movie, the new one. How was that? It was really good. Yeah. Really? yeah. I don't know. Have you guys ever played? No. I haven't. Uh, I only played with you, maybe like one or, once or twice. Less than five games. Oh, yeah. yeah. But uh, it's, it, the, the writers definitely took into account, like, 
the elements of the game, and you can see that in the in the movie. It was done really well. I really enjoyed cool. it. That's cool. Yeah. I've heard good things about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, movie wise, I think that's it. Really. Dope. Cool. Yeah, I've just been watching shows. Anime. Cool. Nice. Two, cool. two Year Eternity. That anime. Man, I'm so eternity. scared to start that. It's a sad one, bro. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Had me crying at work. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the worst place well, to cry too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I just had I to go to the watch. bathroom, man. Yeah. 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 I gotta go. It's humid in here. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I got a piece of Damn. metal in my eye. <laughs> Bitch, what about you, man? What have you been watching? Yeah, dude. I really haven't been watching too much. My uh, my wife and I have been watching Futurama recently because I've oh, never seen it. Oh, okay. And uh, it's pretty great, not going to lie. You but, can uh, look at me all you want. <laughs> Futurama's not, not bad. I'd say the best movie I've seen, and this was actually a while ago. I guess I haven't really watched too many movies recently, but uh, Lawrence of Arabia was really good. Oh, okay. cool classic. Racist. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> dude, that movie was phenomenal. It no, was it's so cinematic. Dude, I love the feeling of like feeling like you're in the desert with him the entire time. Nice. Um, it just felt so like you were there right alongside him the entire time. Oh, it was yeah. very just yeah, big. It was, it was really cool. Dude, who directed oh, yeah. that? Lawrence. Okay. <laughs> Lawrence, it's Arabia. Lawrence's of Arabia. Arabia. The movie's called of Arabia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't. I don't know. I don't know who directed uh, Lawrence of, offhand. I don't know who directed. I thought it was like a big. I thought it was like Coppola or like something it's like some, that. It's, it's somebody famous. Uh, I'm pretty yeah, sure. I thought name. it was like a big name. I think I it's before Coppola, but yes, you Coppola are. Has some good you, moves, so. you are. You are correct. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't Taylor. know. Off the, I am. Off, off but I have to learn how to spell Lawrence know. first. L A W R. Oh, it's someone named David Lean. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, I'm wrong. the yeah. David Lean. Is that, is that what they named <laughs> the drink after? Yeah. <laughs> Mr. David. Okay, I mean, this guy has done like a lot of like very famous movies, just ones that we never watch. Oh, okay. Bridge Over River Kwai, Dr. Shabingo, oh, yeah. Oliver yeah, yeah, yeah. Twist. Oh, okay. Sure. Classic. Yeah. They sound like like classic 50s, 60s movies. Yeah. yeah. That's all no shot. Him, Oliver and Company was better. No cap. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> That's a, you want to talk about a crier? That's a sad fucking movie. Well, I guess there's no avoiding it at this point. It's the Let's end. get into this. All right, so it looks like we're starting with End of Evangelion. Yeah. So, yes. Matthew, tell us. Oh, man. What is the End of Evangelion about? I dare you. Yes, so End of Evangelion, this this summary is coming straight off of Letterboxd. So um, this, this came out in 1997. I'm five. I'm seven. I'm two. Bitches. And the the tagline goes like this. The fate of destruction is also the joy of rebirth. And the summary follows. The second of two theatrically excuse me. The second of two theatrically released follow-ups to the Neon Genesis Evangelion series, comprising of two alternate episodes which were first intended to take the place of episodes 25 and 26. This finale answers many of the questions surrounding the series while also opening up some new possibilities. Wow. Okay. That is Very literally strange. the summary of the movie, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Sure. It answers the questions with questions. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> just like interviewing. It's like, <laughs> so what the fuck is it about then? They're just like, you have to watch it by yeah, now. They didn't know how to de- describe it either. Which I, I understand, but at the same time, like, I, I guess there's a reason why they 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 summarized it like that it's not it's not incorrect right it's no very, not it's at very all factual. it's just that it's not actually what the movie is about it, it's no. more like here's fun facts about yeah, the movie yeah it's more like this here's is why it was made right? yeah exactly so um yeah uh, that 
That that's he, Neon Genesis. And the Evangelion jerking off rocks, and that's it. <laughs> and that's it. That's actually the uh, new tagline. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so this was my first time ever watching the show, ever realizing even what it was. Yeah. I had seen the Avas maybe, like, maybe once or twice. Like, we're talking, like, minimum. Mm -hmm. And even yeah. if I looked at them, I was like, I have no idea what that is. I don't Same. know. It's like Skinny Robot. Like, I don't know what that <laughs> skinny is. Robot. Skinny Robot. Yeah, skinny <laughs> Robot. Um, but, yeah, I, I I loved it, personally. I thought, I thought it was great. The longer it sits with me, the more I, I enjoy it. At mm -hmm. first, I was like, this. I don't know if this is up my alley completely, but that's also because I don't watch a ton of anime. I know. I was, well. in, a, I was in a panic with, with you because me, you, and Joey were watching yeah. it together. And Joey, like, I'd already seen it. I love the show. Joey is, like, really into it. And you're like, yep. it's good. I'm having yeah. fun. And I'm like, no. You weren't sold for no, a while. No. Wrong. Wrong way to look at this. You yeah. should be engrossed by it. But... I can remember when I first watched because Fitch was Fitch and Nick both had told me to watch it. Mm -hmm. um, Fitch was pretty aggressive about it, but, but I say aggressive as in he was more aggressive than, than Nick was. A about lot it. more passive guy. It's facts, <laughs> and he was just like, "It's like, man, when you're ready to stop watching mid tier bullshit, you should watch <laughs> Neon Genesis Evangelion." And I was like, "Wow, that show everybody watches. Yeah, it's so fucking deep. Let me just let me just put that on the back burner real quick." And I finally, like, had some time. I didn't know what else to watch. I had Netflix still. I was like, let's just do this. How how can, how can bad or good can this really be? And I would say probably, like, the first 10 to 15 episodes, I was like, this is fun. I'm really enjoying this. I like the character design. I like the character development. The, the look of the angels is really sick. I don't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> um... And I, I felt like I really, like, even when I finished the show, I was like, I loved that, but I have no idea what happened. And Fitch did the same thing. He was like, you should watch End of Evangelion, and it'll really clear some shit up for you. Do you hear yourself when you speak? Yeah, <laughs> like, it's like, like, like it, it does, though. Yeah, it kind of does. Yeah. On my second watch, absolutely. On my first watch, where I barely understood the show, I was like, dude, what <laughs> is happening? <laughs> what is going that. on? Did you watch I um, get Death, Death True or whatever first? Oh yeah, the, I never. I've oh, never yeah. seen. Is that the, like that's the retelling? Yeah, so originally it was released as the Death and Rebirth. It was like both of them. Yeah, uh, and then they split it up into like just two movies or whatever. But uh, I think I think that they are meant to be watched together. Honestly, like going back and rewatching them. Have you ever like, seen um, Evangelion Revival? I don't think so. It was like that? a limited release where it's Death True and End of Evangelion like combined into one movie just like four episodes in a row but, but, but like yeah essentially yeah. Huh. yeah cool no I, i've never seen that but that sounds kind of like the same thing it's yeah just, you know yeah. death and rebirth never like the title makes is very poignant for like yes. the themes yeah i never caught that for until sure. yeah yeah that's kind of cool for sure yeah. <laughs> interesting <laughs> <laughs> i um i i I remember I like I texted you that night because I was like I'm doing I'm watching the end of Evangelion. I was so stoked. And it. I texted you, I was like I have no idea what the fuck I just saw. I was like this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen, but I don't know what on earth is going on because it's a very harsh shift in the tone of the story. Yeah, yeah. The story has been has been up until this point very much like there's religious like symbolism throughout. Shinji is like this guy that just wants his dad to not fucking hate him for a couple of minutes. And you have, like, Asuka and Rei, who are definitely representative of something in his life. But it's all... I wouldn't say it's all wholesome and good. It's definitely not. But I think End of Evangelion takes it to such a... Takes it to the nth degree. And I, I like, it's a... It's a relatively controversial movie as a whole. Um, I don't... 
I, I understand why there's controversy behind it. I don't get the divide. I feel like if you love the show, like, End of Evangelion is the best possible outcome yeah. for the show. Best, I would put that only in quotes just because, like, arguably someone could watch it and be like, this is the worst, but I still yeah. liked it. I feel it's like, like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's a bad outcome, but it's not... But it would only make... It would be weird if that universe had a good... Sure. Ending. Yeah, like it's I, never like I, the whole time it's not I, leading up to anything good. I would bet for a lot of people it's not necessarily the ending that gets them. It's the beginning because it's kind of jarring. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. yeah I think that, that that's kind of it, it. Almost like stains Shinji in a certain way, and I think oh, yeah. that that's the point. Right. Um, I don't know how what deep we want to get. Like, let's right do now. it. Okay. Cool. No, so, fine. um, I Time think that there. it's necessary that scene where he's jerking off over off over. Oscar. How much are we revealing? Oscar. Are we, yeah, the movie's whatever. 20 years old. Yeah. Go right, for it. Six, 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 six. Anything, yeah. Okay, we'll start over. I yeah. think you meant like oh, spoiler-wise. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoilers. I'm just going to re- redact it. Yeah. <laughs> Nick just starts talking. Just... <laughs> 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 uh, Oscar, yeah, that, that scene, <laughs> that scene um, makes you... It's, it's weird to say empathize with Shinji, but that's what it is because after that, he just like hates himself. And you're kind of like, yeah, he's kind of a piece of shit. And he's like, you know, he wants to, he just thinks he wants to you know, just give up and kind of die. Yeah. He doesn't want to do his responsibilities. He just wants to curl up in the corner. And it's like, maybe that's all you're good for. Like, you know, it's like that. It's not that you're, you're convinced that that's him or that's what he is. But it's like you understand more so why he feels that way. And everybody else is trying to, like, save him because they need him. Yeah. And he's just like, I, I don't want to. You know, I don't think I should. It's I just would rather just die. Yeah. Um, and it kind of makes you feel, um, yeah, you know, what he's feeling in that sense, but then also uh, makes him more human. For sure. Yeah, For sure. agreed. Because I think it's the rawest, literally, right. <laughs> you, that you see Shinji throughout the whole series. Right. Like, in his most emotionally raw moments of the show, there's still usually like some kind of, like, uh, not necessarily comedic, like, kickback to it to kind of, like, push you out of it not not i don't know not push you out of it but to essentially say like hey this is serious but we're only gonna let it get so serious mm-hmm. here whereas the movie is like we're gonna put you in a very uncomfortable situation immediately and show this kid being a human and it's not pretty and it's mm-hmm. not good and it's not great and he's inherently not a in this moment is not being a good person but as as fit just told me Many, many... Because the first time I watched it, I was like, why am I watching a 14-year-old jerk off over another 14-year-old? And he was like, the way of the world on his shoulders, man. And I'm like, yeah. you're right, though. Like, Nothing makes you hornier than that. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, like, this is also, like, his love interest almost or like peer love interest like in a moment of they've definitely had some tension yeah he's just like he's like this is the one opportune moment for me to like bust a nut with her in the room technically i'm not i'm not trying to to defend it but it's like that's like i jerk off all the time over people while they're asleep he's only yeah exactly he's only (laughs) you don't see me crying about it yeah i mean he's He's only fourteen, so it's like those right, right. those ability to think through stuff like that. It, yeah. it, it's going to be an aftermath. And to be, to be none fair, of us can judge him because none of us have, have piloted an Ava. And to so, be fair, yeah. like he is kind of sexually it's manipulated true. throughout the whole oh, yeah. show. Yeah, that, that is very true. And also, I would so I wanted to, to to gauge everyone's thoughts. I don't know if this is a good time to I guess gauge th- this question, but the um, I felt during the entire show that now. 
I also watched the rebuilds, and we we can get into that after yeah, yeah. too, or whatever. We can include it in the conversation. I don't mind even if we exclude it because we've like, all seen yeah, the rebuilds. Whatever. I think it's important to yeah. like bring sure. it up. So, which by the way, to give the audience context, there are these movies which came after the show. They're called rebuilds. So if we if we keep saying that, it's these movies which came after the show and after end of even some going. sweaty neck beard is like, hey guy, I definitely know what the rebuilds are, okay? And they're not <laughs> candid, so shut the fuck up. I don't care. Oh, right. <laughs> the fuck, not can- Explain okay, to the folks at home what the rebuilds are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. I got from the show this heavy sense that, well, first off, it's very Freudian, like to a core. It's very much like if you are a male, you are going to fall in love with your mom and you want to kill your dad. If you're a female, you're going to fall in love with your dad and you want to kill your mom. That's literally every character in the show. (laughs) Um, So anyway, uh, so so with that being said, the um, the, the Shinji obviously meets that that standard but i thought that that i guess the question i'm trying to propose is that the mentorship that angle that that they're trying to take on i never saw it as weird because i and of course the rebuilds kind of explain it away as like them being cursed so like you know to each their own to 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 interpret how old these these souls are in these 14 year old bodies yeah but the bodies are 14 yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes, for sure, for sure. And I'm not. And I'm not driver's license to, says something else, though. So. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not here to make that a weird argument. But it's like it's like these 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 adults who are, I think, coming at it more out of an angle of, they have alternative motives than just I want this this person. Even yeah. like for example, we have Shinji's dad with with Ray is like obviously canonical implications because. His lovers based on right, Ray, yeah. but even with with Shinji is like he needs to be in the position to pilot this Ava. Therefore, he needs to believe in himself. So therefore, uh, do whatever it takes to make him believe. In yeah, so like, there's there's like Sato wants to do that. It's there's like, a it's scene not like, because she wants to sleep with him. It's because there's an alternative motive. Like the reason why she even kisses him is because she knows she's gonna die. Like yeah. is how is how I right, interpret yeah, yeah. it. it. Has nothing to do with them actually fucking after oh, he yeah, comes no. back and like, her last i mean her last words to him like comes, comes back <laughs> her last words <laughs> to him said? are literally like when you get back we'll do grown-up stuff and it's like yeah, she's I mean, just trying to nudge this kid yeah, in the right I direction don't, i don't think it, yeah, it, yeah when yeah, they first anything. meet the whole time i felt like very uncomfortable like I, nick was even mentioning it like you know mm-hmm. there's a reason why she is being so forward because the whole time i'm like why is this like older adult woman trying <laughs> yeah, to like fuck shinji because yeah. it seems no. very obvious fuck this kid who's just yeah. like i don't want to pilot it yeah. Exactly. I think father. Well, I view it as but her you, trying to show him the beauty that life can hold. It's like, dude, if you can, if you can get through with this, like, this is what life has to offer you. Like, right. yeah, yeah. I know you're so depressed right now, but this is what love looks like. Like, here's a glimpse yeah. into like yeah. how amazing things can be. I, right. I, this is and actually I, something I, I thought about with like the the them kind of like manipulating him sexually with like like everybody around him is, is women like he's surrounded yeah. by women right? Yeah. Right. yeah and he just it's still not really working and then Kwaru shows up which is like you know in Ray basically in boy form and I think that yeah. it was his mother being like well he doesn't he doesn't need this like he doesn't need women around him he needs a friend okay mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. I, that's what ultimately like shifted his perspective on everything that's a good point yeah because I, ne- I never really interpreted that it's not because i i had yeah. trouble interpreting i don't know if i agree with that yeah i what, thought what, he was what, what, like your perspective? Bi. huh i thought shinji was definitely into 
the boy. That's say he blushes so hard around yeah. Kaoru so all the I would, time. I will say in the, and Kaoru is also Adam. So in the rebuilds, they definitely push that more. In the original yeah. show, yeah, I, I, it's, I don't see it as a. I would disagree thing. so hard. No, I, I agree with Nick. We uh, just watched that show, and they literally like there's a whole scene where like they're like in a bath together, like getting closer and closer to each other, and Shinji keeps blushing like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> and then in in the in the Japanese text or the Japanese translation of it, when he's when Kaoru is talking to Shinji, he's he's talking, then he says, "What I'm trying to tell you, Shinji, is that I love you." And in the you in the English version, they change it to, "What I'm trying to tell you, Shinji, is that I like you." Either still See, feels I th- like I think I think that it was it's I don't think that it's sexual. Yeah, yeah. I think that it's more like like, um, I mean a motherly love, you know, but yeah, appearing as uh, someone that. I, I think the point for him to appear is to have someone that he can relate with more and not have a sexual attraction to. Whether whether or not Kawaru has a sexual attraction towards Shinji, right. but um, and and I don't think in the show that it, it really comes off that way to Shinji even. But um, I, I mean, I, I honestly think that that's really what it is. It's like the mother, um, you know. Personifying, yeah, and kind of like coming to Shinji, yeah. trying to still trying to fulfill the the impact because that was right. her dream, yeah, her yeah. father's dream. But yeah, yeah, yep. yeah a whole lot of a whole lot of inquiry both. here on the internet on if he's a top or a bottom, though. Oh, which one, <laughs> Kaoru? Oh, I was gonna say Shinji's definitely a bottom. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Oh, I mean, maybe a power bottom, but, to be fair, but <laughs> unless he's pushed to the he limits, <laughs> he doesn't end up being He's <laughs> he knows how to grip it and rip it. <laughs> yeah, I I agree with Nick B though. I don't view it in like a sexual way. I think it's just I can uh, see both. Yeah, I mean personally. that's just that's just my take on it. I get that. Cool. Yeah, I I've just re- I've only seen it once and it's still so fresh. There's there's even stuff you guys are saying that I'm I feel like I, I even missed. Dude, so I feel like this yeah. is a show that would get that gets so much better. The more you watch it, as rewatching well. it with you guys was like incredible. Because yeah. the first time, like I said, like I didn't know a single thing though. I was like, I thought I was just gonna watch a show about robots fighting angels, and right, there was right. gonna be like some mm-hmm. religious spiritual spiritual right. symbolism throughout the whole thing. And it's just so much bigger than that. Yeah, I I <laughs> I avoided it for a long time because I don't like mech. And okay. same. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. like mech at all. But that was. Not mech. That was so no. funny. Yeah, no, it's not, tell you what. Tell you what. It's, not, it's not a lot of mech, which I was I was surprised with yeah. whenever whenever we we first started watching it. It has not, I guess, not enough. It, ha- it has plenty, but it's just more. It's, it's more psychological. Like. Yeah, it's definitely not a mech forward <laughs> show. I don't know how else to say it. It's not like it, it, it's it's its sole purpose isn't to show the action. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's more about like the character building, which the rebuilds since they're movies, I think they have more leadway and they can show more action versus drama. But also the goal of the rebuilds are a little bit different too. So it's like they're how they how they show the drama. The rebuilds feel like Shinji's like swan song. It is the redemption of Shinji Ikari, whereas the end of Evangelion is the de- not even the death of Shinji. Ikari. Well, I guess kind of the yeah, death of Shinji Ikari, so. like. You have this character that, by the end of the movie, you kind of, like, hate. Mm-hmm. Like, but at the same time, you you can't help but be like, what like, What else was he supposed to do? What else could he have done in this situation? He He's put in such a bad spot from the minute the movie starts. And by the time he finally is like, okay, I'm going to do something. It, it was a trap. Honestly, I think you can make the argument that the only 
the only thing that Shinji did that was his own idea was jerking off. Yeah, yeah, I would. I would. Everything else, he was like, he was kind of like manipulated well. into. Yeah. yeah, that brings up a. Yeah, that's a really good point because I think that when I first was watching through End of Evangelion, I was looking at Shinji as like a messianic figure mm-hmm. of like they're relying on him to save the day. But I think it's it's kind of like especially End of Evangelion. Yeah, Ray is the one who subverts everything and says like, no, Shinji's gonna make the choice. Right. And she kind of throws a wrench in everything and what leaves it up to him. But I think, um, I think too, that's, I, I was so glad that we're doing these movies together because I think they both, uh, at least at different points of me watching them, I think I've really looked into the messianic, uh, like figure of mm-hmm. some of the protagonists in them. Not that Stalker really has a protagonist, but, um, I think that there's a lot of aspects of it where it's like, mm-hmm this one person guiding or like determining the outcome of the entire thing. Sure. And yeah. uh, so with that back, back to the point I was making about like with Koaru, um, when, when she, when she like becomes Adam or whatever, like, you know, gets all yeah, big right. and shit and she's like uh, coming towards Shinji. Um, it's, it's kind of having not the effect that she wants. And then Koaru comes out. Yeah. And then it starts the impact. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, like, I guess, you know, she, she wanted Shinji to be to be the, 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 I don't know what you would call it, like, the seed of the impact. I don't know if they, I don't the know catalyst, if term. maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah the catalyst like, is a good term. Well, because, like, it's like he became, he became the one that rewrote the world. Right. Um, he got the wish, so, so it is, you know, but I think that, um, oh, fuck, what's his dad's name? J- Gendo. Uh, Gendo. Gendo yeah. uh, I think you know he wanted the wish. He wanted to bring yes. her back. Yeah. And that's when Ray's like, "I'm not doing that. Shinji's gonna, Shinji's yeah. gonna choose like what you said." Yeah, yeah. And then, but Yui... I, I think she she needed Kawaru to do that. Okay. And Yui t- goes like comes completely sentient in in the Ava, kills Gendo, which I thought was which I think is very interesting. Just like having like the the mother figure kill Gendo so abruptly to like it almost I wouldn't say it comes out of nowhere but like it's so sudden that like it's so fast yeah, yeah. it's kind of like over. you've had this character that's been so like demonized but strategic throughout the whole mm-hmm. movie and the whole show and just to, for this one moment where he's like I have planned everything perfectly and at right. the last literally at the at the at the touchdown line yeah. it all falls apart gotcha and, bitch but he but he, and he accepts it though like he doesn't fight it yeah. he's just like I know now. And then he dies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like, it's a weirdly not satisfying death for Gendo Ikari. You're kind of like, I, I don't know about you guys, but for me, when I was watching the show and End of Evangelion, I was just constantly waiting for like some sort of redemption. Like, if I'm being like, Dude, I'm actually dude, doing this cool. so that I could like... He does get that in the rebuild, yeah, though, right? In the, in, in in the, the rebuild, yeah, but not in not in the show. God Gendo. Well, I mean, neither does Shinji, so it's like, yeah. if the main character's not going to get it, why would Gendo? Yeah, I, I don't... I, I like the fact that nobody really gets redemption, because yeah, okay. oh, it's yeah, all LCL, baby. All the yeah. way down. All yeah. soda. But no, like, I think that that is... Because the redemption comes through the rebirth. Not before the death. Now, yeah. do you think oh, that... That's true. Because we, we watched it together and we were a little confused. Because the third... Like, when he goes to make that wish, he has, like, a lot of internal dialogue with with Rey and Kaoru about, like, what the wish needs to be. And, and at mm-hmm. first, he's, like, he wishes that the world would be over because, like, nothing nothing matters. But then he, he... He almost, like, comes to the conclusion of, like, no, I want my friends to be happy. Mm-hmm. And I just, I like, I'll, I'll learn to live with it. And yet the world still ends. Do you think that it's because 
like how when Ray becomes the L or like turns everybody into LCL, it shows them she shows them like this beautiful thing to like live it, it with. It gives her. them peace. Yeah, like, it gives them peace. And like, do you that's think- such a beautiful like scene when yeah. she's just going through and like everybody's popping, turning into fucking. And that fucking soda, soda. that yeah, fucking yeah. song is playing. I've been listening to that song tumbling like. Down, tumbling down, tumbling down. <laughs> I've been listening to that for days. Like I cannot stop listening to it. It's just a, uh, it's a very visually beautiful movie. But I, I think that that yeah. that scene confused me for for a minute. But I think that's what it. I at least that's the theory I'm subscribing to at this point is that. It was them showing him like a last moment of peace before they grant him the wish of like, all right, well, you wish that it was all over, mm. so here you go. But in the end, he yeah. still somehow managed to keep himself and Asuka alive. That's like the rebirth part, in my opinion. I uh, yeah, I, I, I do I, have I a theory with, about with that. Give me ending. So yeah. I rewatched the ending or the the last two episodes of the original series. Yeah, and I don't think that it's meant to be a rewriting. I think that they happen simultaneously. I would, yeah, like, it's so, yeah. I, the, there's a lot of, yeah, I've seen a lot of. The ending of the show is all, that like, too. the internal. It's all, like, Shinji's right. thoughts, and then you got Masato's thoughts, and Asuka's. I mean, that's, it's mainly just them. Um, and Ray too. But there's a line that they say, and they, well, that's the whole subject they talk about, but the line that starts it is she, she says something like, uh, you cannot perceive yourself without others. Right. And I think that he, the reason it's just him and Asuka is so that they only perceive each other. They don't have any outside thoughts, so they don't have any outside judgment. It's just them. And they can be yeah. together. I view it as a happy ending. That, yeah. That also, that, that's, oh, that's, yeah. yeah. That, that turns it into a happy ending, because before I was, like, kind of thought that it might be almost his personal hell. Like, he... I think we had talked about this, but... After we watched it, but... I thought originally that it was, like, he has all these choices before him. And he, like, finally accepts it. And even in the, in the um, last two original episodes... There's a point where he finally realizes that everybody's standing around and going, congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah, so it's like like that point, right? And then... um, (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) And then... uh, So then flashback to end of Evangelion. Mm -hmm. He realizes it and then still can't forgive himself. Yeah. So he, you know, spawns him and and Asuka on the beach. Where we dropping, boys. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, then chokes her out to see if she's alive still and then she embraces him and then he's still like I fucking suck yeah like oh so such a beautiful do you, do you so do you interpret it as 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 him choking her out to to test if she's alive that's kind of what I got I mean maybe could be still like pent up ang- aggression like it's like the sexual aggression that he, you know, I don't know. I thought it was anger. I thought it was that he realized that this wasn't the wish that he wanted. I, that's how I, that's how yeah, I mean, that, that's Originally, like, it's, you know. It's like him, like him coming together and being like, oh my fucking God. And then in this sort of like, look, like he has this, because he chokes her out earlier in the movie too during like the one dream sequence. And I mm-hmm. think in that moment he's just so he's just so furious where it's like you did this you got in my head you fucked with me like i had it all set up and this is your fault and then he starts to come to terms with like yeah. i this has been the whole point of the movie is i'm i blame everybody around me for everything that i'm doing wrong and the reality is i have nobody to blame but myself yeah and then he starts crying and he starts being a baby back bitch about everything and oscar and i either translation she either says I you know disgusting or I'll never be killed by you and the movie ends. Yeah, I, I think it's like the new creation. I think that mm-hmm. they're the new Adam and Lilith. Yeah, it's like I, I view it as like a happy ending where 
I don't know. I'd be excited about the future of them mm. going forward from there. Right. They would have I, to work together, though, and I don't I think do. that she wants to work together with him. No, I, I yeah. think they both sympathize. I, I think, think they, they were. I think they yeah. could work together. I think yeah. they, they are. They do have a little bit of the, the uh, yin and yang. You know? but, but also, like, the end of humanity ended. So I feel like that's not really a good ending at the same time. Like, like the world feels like it nah, ended. Nah, there. Not, it's all the, LCL, baby. Yeah. They essentially turned everybody back into the primordial ooze. Yeah. So the yeah. which we, we did talk about yeah. this. We did talk about this, and that I definitely, I firmly believe now that the LCL is the rebirth. Like mm. yeah. people are going to come from that. Like you know, yeah. And you know, I think Shinji and Asuka might be long dead before then if they're if they're mortal again in this in this realm. Yeah. But um, eventually, but people yeah, the, will arise people, from yeah, the starts, LCL. It starts a new one. Yeah, I, okay. I get that. One thing I wanted to discuss was the. Uh, the like symbolism with the um, the tree of life. Like if you've watched uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, yeah, actually just started it. Oh, so good. okay. So like whenever, uh, oh man, it's like when he, I forget the characters' names because it's been so long. But he goes to see God, and he's like, they see the door. Yeah, I, I don't want to spoil anything. If you I know what you're talking about. But that's the tree of life and uh, Jewish Kabbalah, so mm-hmm. like Jewish mysticism. And they show that a lot. Oh, in, yeah. In, oh, yeah. That tree of life. Yes. Yeah. About. They yeah. show that a lot in Neon Genesis. It's in God of War Ragnarok, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, patricians choice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's very hev- heavy with like all kinds of different religious symbolism. For sure. Yeah. yeah. It uses a lot of like Jewish mysticism and mm-hmm. I would say like Christian themes, like yeah. the spear of Longinus. My, they, they pierce to the side I of Christ. I don't with. like that they say Longinus. Yeah. In the English Longinus. version, they're called like, it's the spear of Longinus. Longinus. Well, maybe if you guys were based you'd watch the japanese uh but anyway i gotta stay mid yeah <laughs> for, my family. <laughs> for my family but uh, so a lot of the components within the tree of life for the kabbalah is this like uh theme of rebirth which is like totally what we're talking about with evangelion yeah um and i think too like the tree of life is supposed to demonstrate god's different nature with how he reveals himself or even like before the creation of the world, like his own nature, um, and I, I I was looking into how that could relate to like Shinji, and especially if in, in the Evangelion how it ends, um, it's almost it, it like keeps moving through like here's the new outcome, here's the next level of the universe. So I think it ties Earth a, two, Earth two, bro, <laughs> two chess two point <laughs> It ties a lot into we play in three D Earth here <laughs> <laughs> into that mysticism and those beliefs. Because if you listen to, I looked it up, and a lot of people are like, oh, all the they only used like Christian uh, symbolism because they thought it looks cool, yeah. and I don't, I don't buy that because I think that. I talked. It's about, too specific yeah, to yeah, just be like, it he, looks badass. Yeah, he definitely used it for its. It's already embedded connotations in, right. in cultures throughout the world, to not to, to like reference those religions, but to use the symbolism yes. as a key. Yes, as, exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. for sure. So, very cool. Yeah, no, I I, I definitely agree. Um, I I thought I thought it was it would it, it was good use of, of of symbolism for sure. Yeah, it was nice. I, uh, and I I will say like the the apex moment is that those belief systems a lot of it is returning man to a divine state like to divinity or creating a new reality where man is divine so i think that especially in evangelion with with uh shinji and asuka taking the place of 
Adam and Lilith, you see that mm-hmm. transformation to where now they are the divine figures. Mm-hmm. Right. That's think, yeah, that's true. That's it, very true. I think yeah. the religious connotations there, especially if the Jewish mysticism is really important to the show, or to the movie too. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I, I, I wouldn't even be surprised if, if everyone had to become ooze and then two archetypes were going to be reborn out of that, that ooze. Instead of it being like, oh, there's just this ooze and these two people, it's like everyone became ooze so that two archetypes could rise and then yeah. that would be the entire human race would be spawned from, from just those, those two archetypes. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, pretty pretty cool stuff. I mean, I thought yeah. I thought I thought it was a good time. Even I actually that's enjoyed. Rebuild, so, I but I get that. I, I'm gonna have to. I disagree though. I think I mean like it's it's like not that. in the rebuild, still, but I still like think the rebuilds are like spectacular. Yeah, I, I they're not bad. I like yeah. I enjoyed them. And I would recommend them to people. I think sure. Matt and I had talked about it a little bit too because I was like I really like it, but I don't I don't know if I could say I like it more than the original. But I don't know if you're really supposed to. Yeah. watch them I, and be like one's yeah. better one is clearly better I, I than do the think other. it's a continuation but it yeah. just yeah. feels I, like well, it feels like almost fan fiction I feel like it is created by the creator yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. it is a good addition I feel like a good addition piece to what was laid down previously because the human instrumentality project is still a very big central force mm-hmm. in the in the rebuilds and Gendo's goals are still arguably the same they're just tackled from a different perspective and um i think i think that it's it's also interesting looking at it from the perspective of it being a different universe whether it's a continuation or not i think that it being a different universe does go into this whole death and rebirth thing and how it's like it was one thing and then it ended and now it's rebirth and it's a completely different thing and even in the rebuilds themselves once you hit movie three the entire universe is completely different because Shinji's been gone for like yeah. fifteen years or something right. like that. Yeah. Um. So it, it, it's it, it's just interesting. Yeah. It's yeah. not. It's not. It's not probably probably not fifteen yeah. years. It's fourteen. Yeah. You're, you were close. Oh, it's, it's four, he's gone okay. for fourteen years. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like it's, Shinji's work. It, it, it's just interesting. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah, I I thought like even with the the rebuild, they don't really explain Ray Ayanami's like wh- who she or like what she is yeah. as much, and mm-hmm. I think that's because you know what she is because of the show, mm-hmm. right? And right, then to be a Like it, like when I was watching them, I felt like okay, the, you're supposed to know everything from the show, and the, the most this definitely. isn't for like a new generation of True. people. This is for the fans of Evangelion. True, I would agree. Yeah, with that. Yeah. yeah, which is kind of nice. I, yeah. I really like the rebuilds. I thought they were a lot of fun. I thought the like, the art style and the music were incredible. The music is crazy yeah. in yeah. those movies. I hard. wish I would have seen uh, Thrice Upon a Time. I think that's the name of it in theaters. Same. Like, that would have oh, gone yeah. so hard. Like, I've watched it. I've watched it three times now. And the last two times were on on the big screen out there. And yeah. when they start playing Joy to the World, I yeah. was like, dude, holy <laughs> shit. This is so fucking amazing. Yeah. And that one song that plays when like Ray's gigantic human head comes out and like yeah. like the symphony that's just like blaring behind it. It's such a it's such a great movie. And I I yeah. think the rebuilds if you look at them and like are expecting the same thing as Evangelion, you're going to be completely bummed out. Yeah. This is like the Evangelion. This is Evangelion the happy ending. And End of Evangelion is... I, I don't subscribe to the theory that it's a happy ending, but I like that it's not a happy ending. It's miserable ending is what makes it a perfect movie for me personally. But I think that Thrice Upon a Time undoes 
everything for everybody. And, and like you said, everybody gets redemption. At the end, Gendo is, is redeemed. Shinji is redeemed. Rey is given a chance to to be a person. Asuka is yeah. given a chance to realize that she's not just her mother's daughter mm-hmm. and she mm-hmm. has the ability to, to exist um, out, outside of that. And her worth isn't just being an, an Ava pilot. Whereas in the end of Evangelion, nobody gets that. You, everybody yeah. is pushed to their worst aspect of them. The worst parts of themselves are put under like a spotlight under a microscope like it's impossible to escape them at any at any given moment in in end of evangelion like you enter that movie with asuka not being able to pilot ava unit 2 yeah like she's she's down for the count she's covered in spunk like she is having an awful time and then she gets in there and realizes that her mother is is the ava yeah Yeah. and i love that scene bro that scene goes so hard goes hard let's go dude (laughs) And then it's all for naught. <laughs> That's what, like, I felt the same. Because when I was <laughs> that whole time, I was like, dude, this her fight sequence of the fake angels. I'm like, or the fake evil. Yeah. yeah, I was like, this goes crazy. This yeah. is so tight. And then like they all come back and grow the wings and just rip her apart. Yeah, eat her. And it's like this, like one, this Smash. rocks. This is so cool. This is such a beautiful and a totally like a major departure from again the total tone of of evangelion it's the bloodiest evangelion ever gets is during this movie but that fight scene in particular is so insane it's just like she finally found it she finally found Mm -hmm. her reason to go on for what for her to literally be eaten alive she died doing what she loved so fighting in the ava she's in the ava how else Mm -hmm. was she gonna die and realizing that her mother secretly loved her all along all along so she got brought back. She's the new mother of mankind, dude. <laughs> she did, yeah. Like technically, her sacrifice was not for not, not in vain. I guess. Yeah. yeah, not in vain. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I overall think it was a great experience. Personally, the rebuilds really set in stone for me the entirety of the show. Funny enough, because like yeah. I really like End of Evangelion a lot. The show's fine. The movies are like where it's at. Like like all the movies, I love all the movies. The show is like I don't think I'll ever revisit the show. Like, I think you for you you, you you could probably just watch like Death True. The, oh, yeah, yeah. The oh, two yeah, hour yeah, version sure. that just compacts the whole thing together. That's true. very true. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. There, there there's also so many iterations of it. And oh, I also got uh, I forgot to say I watched this documentary on the on the creator oh no yeah yeah about them making the last movie as well yeah. and when and when it came <laughs> out and how it was made it, it's it's it was like a two episode thing it was like two hours long you can watch it for free on, on amazon prime as long as you just sign up for the for like a free trial or something um i'd say i'd i'd say it's actually pretty worth it um to to to, to actually check it out um it's i don't know if you guys are into watching documentaries like this i watched one about uh miyazaki he's actually in the documentary about the guy who made evangelion there's actually like an interview that oh i would love to watch that that. that he conducts that's cool um but they they have very it's like i want to say similar work styles uh miyazaki's very like regimented and he has everyone doing the same stuff and no one's making their own stuff they're all making like his art essentially so he runs a very tight ship the guy who made Evangelion is completely different. He's almost like a very depressed David Lynch. David Lynch. David Lynch. Yeah, David Lynch. He's actually just. Uh, it's kind of crazy how he how how he approached his 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 art and his story, and he was just kind of waiting for it to come to him. There was never a moment where he actually understood 
fully where it was going. And there was many, many rewrites and many, many different... Damn, he just like me, for real, for real. <laughs> yeah, so it was just interesting to see how, how, how he tackled it. And I thought I thought it was cool, um, to, 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 to say the least. I would definitely recommend it. Okay. If, if you guys are, are into watching stuff like that. I, you, cool. you told me about it the other night. I, did, I do really want to watch it. I, I'm in, like, a full-fledged, like, obsession with just, like, this... The way this guy creates at this point. Like, I've gotten so deep into the Evangelion lore and looking into some of his other his other stuff. Like, I've watched almost all of his Shin movies at this point. Um, there's another one that's on my list called... Uh, I think it's called Ritual or The Ritual that, that, that he did. It was in, like, his top eight on Letterboxd. I want to cool. check that one out. But I think that these the the end of Evangelion and just Evangelion in general is such an interesting like character piece on Anno as a whole because I I think that he views himself as as Shinji. Shinji is like the most unlikable motherfucker throughout End of Evangelion, and he's just like a Patrick Bateman fucking character by the end of it. Super likable. Yeah, totally, absolutely based <laughs> character. Um, women I adore him, men fear him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think that like. He's, you hate him so much, he's unlikable, he's a scumbag, and the rebuilds are this, like, like I said, it's a character, I think it's like a character piece where the production quality is so much greater in the rebuilds, and the overall tone of Shinji Ikari and the universe is so much easier to digest. It feels like you're watching the director, you're watching Anno himself, like, grow as a human being to come from like this like heinous villain villain who hates himself that thinks that he's just a blight on society to somebody that like made it through and is like we're going home boys everything's gonna be okay on the other side so i think i I think that piece it like without without end of evangelion i think the rebuilds aren't don't make the sense that they make i also partially subscribe to the theory that it is in the same universe where everybody gets turned to the primordial ooze a billion years later the world just starts itself back up again and all the events transpire once more we were talking about this when we were watching the rebuilds because you were like no matter what happens this fucking kid starts the third impact every time yeah Yeah. it's weird it's like which dude i i just want to add on that is like it's strange how every single iteration of this show is they the same things always happen like ray always ends up gaining the ability to make decisions for herself shinji always fucks up but then he ends up like he falls into a massive depression is more the arc but then he always ends up coming out of it but it always results in the third impact or the destruction of the entire planet um which i guess the boy version of ray you mentioned his name earlier it's kauru kauru like he mentions in the rebuild which i didn't interpret it like this but nick sent me a pretty cool analysis of the of the rebuilds and i thought i thought it was very insightful and just good good takes all around but the uh uh the boy version of ray Kauru. Kauru has the most annoying human being ever crafted by mortal hands <laughs> he he has that that scene where like he looks to his left and there's just a bunch of graves it's kind of like a, a very cylindrical or yeah. like, eternal loop which i thought he was only saying that for himself but that could also be interpreted for every single character yeah. I, I decided it was interesting. interesting that you bring that up so after watching the rebuilds i was like no i need more 
I can't get enough of this. Nick sends me this video, and it's connecting all 37 universes of Evangelion, which I was like, bullshit, there's no way there's 37 universes. They are, I would say, the 30 of them are throwaway universes, but right. regardless, there's one that that video brought up, and a couple of other videos that I've watched brought up this universe, um, Neon Genesis Evangelion Campus Apocalypse. And it is a universe where all of them are going to a Catholic school that is <laughs> like... Live Love? Love Live? Whatever the heck it is. Lilo. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Whatever abomination it is you watch, Nick. It's a perfect fucking show, and it deserved my high rating when we reviewed it for the fucking pot. Anyways, Campus Apocalypse, they all go to Catholic school, but right. it's like the Catholic school is run by nerve. Um, <laughs> there are no Ava robots, Infiltration. but you're given weapons that are your Avas. For instance, I believe it's Kaoru has the Spear of Longinus, and that's his Ava. Shinji gets a fucking Glock, and that's his <laughs> Ava. Nice. And angels aren't like these gigantic monsters. They're these cores that attach to dead people and reanimate them. Huh. And then... Uh, try to get to they have the same goal of trying to get into nerve get it into under nerve but instead of lilith being under nerve something nerve. called nerve sorry i'll beg my fucking nerve. pardon um instead of trying to get under <laughs> you nerve they um uh, uh, well i mean they are trying to get under, but instead of lilith being there um there's something called the pillar project which was a which is like the gateway to the tree of life oh okay and it's interesting because the angel, the angels all have the same thing, and the same thing happens. Ray is kind of like, I'm just here. I'm here to defend defend Nerve. And she kind of start begins to think for herself. Asuka's still the same. She's like, idiot Shinji, I hate you. You don't know anything. And she has nothing in her identity except saving Nerve until everything comes to a head. And she's like, I'm my own person. I can do my own thing. And Shinji and Kaoru have a much closer relationship in this book. They have sleepovers together. They get very close to each other. There's Michael no, Jackson. There's nothing. There's no. There's no full on like kissing or anything like that. There's no like no gay. Okay, I'll just say that. But it, Kaoru makes a comment about how in every universe the two of us are always going to be side by side. Mm. Doesn't he say that? I think he does the, say that in, in the, the rebuild. Oh yeah. Oh, but in this, might in both. But so. in this he's like he's like outside of this universe essentially. Like he is aware that in this universe this universe has a direct link yep. to the tree of life, but he is aware of, he like exists outside of this, outside right. of the tree of life and he knows that in every single universe mm -hmm. they're together. However, if shit goes goes fucking haywire here, the tree of life will collapse and then him and Shinji would never see each other again. And that's we like weirdly his motive throughout the whole story is to keep the tree alive from dissipating because him and Shinji would never be together. And if him and Shinji aren't together, every other universe can't sustain itself because the two of them are integral to each other's survival. Okay. It's very interesting. Which kind of puts it, uh, Kaoru? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, Kaoru. Kaoru? Yeah. Uh, uh, Kaoru's motives kind of more in a messianic yeah, yeah. picture which i feel like everybody if you look at them from, from the right it, it everything or every almost every character who you look at from the right angle they are coming at what they're doing from like a messianic perspective i i would argue for a lot of them because mm. it's just like gendo yeah, even Gendo, like especially yeah. especially in the rebuilds, because he he he's really given like an arc. Well, one he, he becomes, becomes God. He, yeah, right, right. Other becomes God. So it's just very interesting. Which like the show does a really good job, I think, of making everybody's motives feel full, mm. full Gendo's. circle, and they're very 
intertwined with the story and everyone's themes are all kind of dovetailing into each other it's almost like they start from their own points but then when they expand it's like you start seeing them like intersect yeah in different parts um yeah that's interesting very very well written yeah for sure the whole thing is 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 a masterpiece and i think like if we're getting just to the root of end of evangelion i think it's a beautifully animated movie per like an amazing score it's visually like stunning but also like emotionally haunting um i i remember the first time watching just thinking i could never watch this again you couldn't pay me enough and after we watched it that second time i was like i could throw that on again right now like like, that was so powerful and so epic and it is it is a very good look at a very real the most like horrible version of an ego death yeah. you could ever have. Yeah, one Quite of literally. The, yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, we didn't even touch on that. Uh, definitely, I don't know if I want to warn listeners, but like, if you do want to check out this movie, it does have a very prolonged ego death scene, and I think right. it's done very, very, like, like very, very well. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just ego death. It's great. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it, it's it, it's awesome, but it's also very uncomfortable yeah. <laughs> for did, sure did you did you watch the video i sent you of the de- the one single deleted scene from the movie uh i started it I, I haven't finished it though it's something like crazy but it was just it was an interest it's like an 11 minute live, like live action, action. Scene. yeah because yeah, yeah, yeah. there's the live action sequence from in the movie but there's it's like, like extended clips, yeah. yeah we watched it and it was it was great <clears throat> i i enjoyed it. i don't think it would have made the movie like anything like any better but i gen- i was very it's cool to watch afterwards. Yeah. It was a cool thing apart from yeah. the movie. And the music that plays during it is the music that plays at the beginning of Thrice Upon a Time when they do like the recap of the first three movies. So I was just oh, like, wow. beautiful. I've been listening to that song like nonstop, constant loop. But um, do we have, do you guys have anything else to add to Evangelion? I know we've talked about it for like an hour and we could talk for another two. Yeah, we could. Yeah, we, we, we kind of barely touched on it. Honestly. Nothing. I don't, I don't. I don't know. I feel, like, so good. I feel like we all. I think I said my piece. You said your piece. Yeah, it's, it is an amazing movie. It's it like is. top anime. It's my number one anime. Oh, yeah, really? it's definitely like nice. probably top five. Yeah. Very cool. Um, yeah, it's easy. just like it's so deep. Um, and honestly, I don't think that I, I've seen like a live action movie that really like uh, makes me feel the way that that movie makes me feel oh, psychologically. Like, makes you like, huh? Yeah, yeah it's, just, sure. it's beautiful. It is beautiful, yeah. It is. That's a great take. I think that we all kind of feel similar about it, too. Well, is, then. Which is good. I'll start with you, Matt. What are you giving this movie? I'm going to give it a strong four and a half right now. I'll Ooh. take it. I'll yeah, take it. Strong. That's fine. I'm going to stick you... with my score. I'm going to give it a four. Four? Okay. Yeah, I really like it. Okay. I'm giving it a five. Like, yeah. it is, it, there's nothing that could have made that movie any better. It is. It sticks that landing so well in saying, like, this is how I'm going to end it. It's not for you. If it's not for you, it's not for you. That's fine. But this is how it's going to end. And it is just a building block in the piece, in the gigantic sculpture that is Anno, in my opinion. Dude, hell yeah. Yeah, I would love to watch more of Anno. And I would definitely love to revisit this. Even just if I just want to revisit it, I'm probably going to watch that. Uh, death true. Yeah, death Squared. true thing. Yeah, so that way I can just get kind of like a recap of the show and then watch End of Evangelion and I might love it. Just because like, I'm more of a, of a movie guy. That's just the way it is. So like, I kind of like the idea of like watching a supercut of that show and then watching the just the end the way it is and being like, nice. That was that was a good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess you can see all the bird's eye perspective from that. Yeah. So for right now, four and a half. 
I think that that's subject to change though. There's a lot of that's, I mean, that's a high that, that, that do get bumped up to a five. Yeah. I think it's right there. It's right there on the edge. So it's on the cusp. Yeah. What about what about you guys? I give it five fingers covered in cum and a tall glass of Elsie. <laughs> Damn, that's that's LCA. that's the highest rating you can give, you can give a movie. No, yeah, it's, it's five. Nice. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. Hell yeah. Sure. yeah, I'd probably go for a five. Four out of five? five? Nice. Yeah, yeah. Damn, I did not see that coming. Really? I was expecting yeah. a five out of five. You gassed this movie up for me for, for forever. I, I love it. A four's a strong, strong review. Yeah, yeah. Hey. I tried to not go four's to a great one. But it's, it says yeah. that there's faults in it. I don't sure. think so, That's true. Well, not if it's not if it's great on the curve, though. Because mm. if he has a five... You can't put a five with it, or something yeah. that doesn't equal that five with that. Five. Soccer for me is the definitive five out of five. What is no, it? See, soccer. Oh, I thought you said soccer. Soccer. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, bro, over here. <laughs> Don't you mean football, idiot? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just like if I, I love them both. Yeah, but I would never be able to compare, mm. like the impact of them that they've had on me. Yeah, uh, yeah. I can get That's that. A good way to I can get that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, fine, fine. Well, then let's get to the Perfect Five movie. Let's get into Andre Tarkovsky's Stalker. The classic. Came out in 1979, and there is no tagline. So the summary just... Already follows. off to a great start. Near a gray and unnamed city is the Zone, a place guarded by, <laughs> by barbed wire and soldiers, and where the normal laws of physics are victim to frequent anomalies. A stalker guides two men into the zone, specifically to an area in which deep-seated desires are granted. Mm. Stalker. Mm. All right. Yeah. Well Coming then. In at a strong four point four. The last one came in at a four point five. Forgot to mention. So these are oh, so very that highly that was rated four. higher. Yeah. Evangelion was. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. Checkmate yeah. atheist. <laughs> yeah. Take that, dude. <laughs> Can I start with a quote from Tarkovsky? Of course. Please. So from uh, this is uh, apparently taken from his diary during the time of the filming, and, I, and it's really cool because I, I've seen this in your paintings, I've seen this in your movies. Like I, I just really love this. He says the artist seeks to destroy the stability by which society lives for the sake of drawing clo closer to the ideal. Society seeks stability. The artist infinity. The artist is concerned with absolute truth, and therefore gazes ahead and sees things sooner than other people. Mm. Um, Damn, mm. I thought that was, I love that. Yeah, I thought it was cool because, like, yeah. it's a good quote. When you think about art, just uh, how it disrupts like your entire being, mm. and how yeah, that's I, how you I, know art's good. Like, if it, if it can you give know. you that impact, yeah, it's great. And if you are the artist and you're able to see something through that lens, like it's such a blessing to to be able to to see that and live through that and make something out of that. And I think that it's that's a great way to open this because I think that a lot of people, and I know a lot of people that have seen Stalker that were like, "What? I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand." It's like you're not seeing through the same lens. You're not, you're not seeing what's being put in front of you, and you're taking it at face value. <laughs> you're taking it from a very societal norm standard, and you gotta, you gotta think outside. Like Taco Bell, think outside the box, man. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Didn't you learn? The Did bell taught you. Bum. Yeah, I, I, but I will say that, yeah, that's a great quote. Loved it. So, what was everybody's first time watching Stalker? Oh, man. Let's go. Yeah, Fitch, this was your big, big this request. Is, I, for me, it was like where I really, I thought it was the greatest movie I'd ever seen, and I, I still think it is. It was like probably 
uh, it was early college for me, probably like sophomore year. Nice. But uh, yeah, it, it just like, I think the first watch was more of uh, an experience where I didn't really, I, I still, I learned, I have a different take every time I watch this movie and I love that about it. Same. Like I walk away with a different experience each time. Um, but yeah, I think then it was just a really kind of overwhelming feeling of, uh, of watching it. Um, I don't know. It just like, it feels like a very spiritual movie. Yeah. Uh, definitely a lot different than the movies I'd been accustomed to that were more like plot or character driven. Right. right. I, I feel like for myself, I started off with like plot driven movies and it's like, okay, cool. Oh, what a cool plot twist. And then like right. character driven where it's like, okay, that I don't care about the plot so much. It's secondary to this like fantastic character that I'm seeing here. And then this movie, I, I feel like is more of a, like a spiritual experience for me. So yeah, more like, more like themes. Yeah. Pay yeah. more attention to the overarching stuff. Yeah I, yeah, I do. I definitely agree. That's a great way to put it too. Yeah. Very cool. What about you? So my first time watching it was also your first time watching yeah. it with Jared. And so uh, around that same time, I got this game on Steam. It was free, and it was called Stay Out. I think is what it was called. Um, so you stay out or get out. I think it's Stay Out. Um, and it, you know, it, it was about this this guy who wakes up in this area that they're calling the zone, and um, you kind of like see a little bit of like the the atmosphere and like the danger. And then it's just this very atmospheric game where you're just roaming around trying to f f survive, you know? And I was really into it. It was a really good game. It's, um, But then we watched this movie, and I'm like, holy shit. This is the exact same fucking thing. <laughs> yeah. And I looked it up, and it was based on the same... Oh, um, shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, and, the it, and they also have, like, a stalker game series. I actually yeah, just it wasn't, learned It wasn't that, that yeah. and I've never played those games. Okay. But uh, <laughs> it was just really interesting, like seeing a movie about this game that I was really interested in and not knowing that they were connected. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, like, I totally agree with you with the spiritual. I was the only person when we watched it the first time that stayed awake through the whole thing. That's true. And I, I was entranced. Like, and it probably took me a week to heal from that. Like, <laughs> to really, like, fully process it. Um, and, like, watching it the second time, I, I felt like I understood it a little less until, like, I had a week again to kind of process it. But... Uh, it was it was such a deep experience watching mm -hmm. it. it. It's so it, it it almost like the scenes are so long. Mm -hmm. It gives you time in the moment to like consider the things that are being said, not just hear them. You know, and yeah. I love that about that movie. I've never seen another movie that's like that. Yeah, it's for true. sure, it's very yeah. true. It's very true. What about you, Matt? I think we saw it at the same time the first time, right? Or had you seen it before? I'm pretty sure that, that when we, Nick brought it over, I'm Nick came sure over saying had, this is the best it. movie oh, nice. he'd ever seen. He had it on Blu-ray. Yep. Criterion Blu-ray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Criterion Blu-ray. It. it was great. Yeah, I, I personally I loved it. Yeah, high expectations, and they were definitely met, and they yeah. and it, it's it, it's great. So now I've seen it twice and Same. love it. Definitely agree with you, Fitch. It's kind of like just seeing a different movie. So how many? It's fun. How many times have you seen this? Uh, probably like. Five maybe. Okay, I think this was either my fifth or sixth time okay. seeing it, and Nick Nick threw me under the bus there, but he's right. I passed out so fucking hard the first time. We I fell asleep right at the scene. Literally, I think right after the movie like really enters like its most like 
heavy moments. I fell asleep during the scene where they they get separated from the professor. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And, like, the water's running. And I remember yeah. hearing that, and, like, immediately that's the last thing I remember. I don't think there's over. anything wrong with that. I, I, I think my first watch, I I was having a hard time staying awake yeah. at that point, too. We we started it, like, not... It's I was, just one of the traps of the zone. True. Dude, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it hypnotic. Is, it is a yeah. very, very, yeah. yeah, quiet and weird. It mm-hmm. kind of makes you It was, sleepy. like, we started at, like, 8 o'clock. I was... I had worked that day i was tired and so i fell asleep but the next day i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna finish i'm gonna finish this movie uh-huh. and i remember starting it like 30 minutes before the scene that i remember falling asleep and i'm watching it and molly was working from home at the time and i remember there was like 10 minutes of dead silence and then someone finally spoke and molly like jumped out of her seat and i was like what's the matter she's like i literally thought that you were i didn't know you were even watching anything it's been so fucking quiet and i just heard like someone speaking aggressively in russian and i didn't know what was going on but crawl <laughs> professor, professor. <laughs> uh, but I, the upon finishing it, I was just like, oh my god, like that that movie like pierces through you because you have like these segments where you're like, you have the stalker's perspective of just like this is a place that needs to be respected, and then you have like the author's perspective, and when the author speaks, he like looks through you, especially the scene where they're Do you mean, like, like the writer. The, the ru- yeah 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 oh, I'm sorry the, I, was, I was making sure we're on the same yeah page. yeah 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 like he looks he the, like the scene where they're like in the room with the sand dunes and he's yeah. sitting by like the well and he drops the rock down and like you don't hear it hit the bottom for a while and he just like looks into the camera and is just like he ha- he's like going through his own ego death very he's just like mm-hmm. what is the point of being alive why did I even come here what do people like this is what people want from me but I don't want this from me and it's just like it. Every character in that movie feels kind of like we said with Evangelion. Everyone feels like the most human you could possibly be in, yeah, in a movie, for sure. Especially a movie that's technically considered like a sci-fi sort of movie. It's it feel it was it threw me off a lot. Like just the way the how passionately every character spoke about something, even even the professor who doesn't say much and has a relatively passive demeanor has these moments where it's just like shit there it is this is a man that just got his soul like obliterated and it's it's just fuck i love this movie so much i was yeah. so excited when we got to we said that we were going to talk about this movie and i really didn't take a lot of notes for stalker i took way more for end of evangelion but like i i have said it since i since then and i will still say it is probably it is probably my favorite movie I've, I've ever seen in my life it, it does get better with each watch it i get and yeah like like you said i get something completely different every single time um i think it's foolish to deny that there is a very heavy spiritual element right. being conveyed in this movie and that that spirituality doesn't necessarily have to be like it's christianity baby like it could be really you could really plug in multiple, multiple. myriads of, of spirituality into this into this and it would it would work every single time you just have to be willing to accept what the movie is trying to tell you weirdly kind of like how you you are you need to be a hundred percent willing to let go Within when like you, the zone when you're in the zone when you yeah, go yeah. in the room to make that wish you need to be ready to accept whatever is going to come of it and that's i think that weirdly like you are 
you are going into the zone when you watch this movie. If you go in and just like, boring, Russian dudes talking for three hours, looking at green, cool, whatever, you're going to get nothing out of it. And you're, right. I feel bad for you. You're denying yourself an incredible experience. Yeah. For shame. Yeah. <laughs> Sad. <laughs> I, I kind of want to piggyback on that. I I kind of disagree. What? In a way that, like... Let's I, go, bro. There's so many just... Tell feels dumb, dude. Yeah, right? I know. Tell <laughs> me dumb, dude. There's so many just still shots and just silence that I feel like you could have still gotten that effect with the movie being an hour shorter. This guy must not watch One Piece. <laughs> yeah, literally. Oh! I, I found myself, like, especially in the middle of this movie, just, like waiting for some type of action something to happen mm -hmm. and you're just like i getting to the zone felt yeah. like it was just dragged on we i felt like we didn't really need all of this what? Like, that's, in a that's movie life, brother if if it was like this guy wouldn't get to make i a was wish. ready for <laughs> I, I was ready for it to be over by the time it was over it had a great ending i really liked the movie and was reminded especially how great the ending is i was like okay this movie is worth the yeah. wait but I was just, by the end of it, I was like, I'm tired. This was yeah, this was so like, much. It's a yeah, weirdly it's, it's draining. Heavy. It's a yeah. draining movie. Yeah. Like it's it's a movie that's like almost nearly impossible to just keep throwing on. Like I, I don't know how. Oh, you yeah, watch I have to wait a long often. time between yeah. between watches for sure. I I think it's about. I think uh, two things you guys mentioned. I think are the central themes of the movie. I think the the love that you feel for the people within the movie yeah. i think it talks about i think it's supposed to make you feel love for mankind mm -hmm. and for other people outside of you and i think that it's supposed to demonstrate the journey through life and how you it requires faith to get through that mm -hmm. so yeah. I, I think uh I think those are both like I think love and faith are the central themes of Stalker. Yeah. So yeah, I get that. I would definitely mm -hmm. agree. I think that, that that's like my take is faith is like the main it's thing because it's like part. It, it, uh, we we talked about like the color how they change the color mm -hmm. and I think oh, that yeah. that is like um I had said before that it's like the that's like his happy place you know if, yeah you're kind of you're you're viewing it through the the lens almost of, as the main the, the main character stalker. the stalker. So when it's like in his normal life, everything's sepia tone and like just shitty yeah. and dirty, and everything looks like it's on that like a crunched up little set. And then you get out into the zone, and everything turns in color, and it's beautiful. And I think that it's it's him. It's like that is his almost heaven kind of because he talks about how like uh, as a stalker, like this is the only place that he he has joy. Like this is this is it for him, and and his his gift, like his ability to be able to give people the opportunity to basically meet God, right? right. It's like, yeah. um, uh, that whole thing to him is like his, his faith. And it's the only thing that like keeps him going. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the people in there making the wish, they have to have faith in yeah. themselves. And he even says that um, right before. Exactly. Dude, faith in themselves. Yeah. That is very crucial. Yeah. And yeah. even throughout the movie. So you have, like he's so the, the part where he's like throwing the 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 um, nuts, yeah. Right. So, what do you guys think that that meant? I yes. took it as like this was their guide, but I, it seems very. I wouldn't say up to interpretation, but I, I imagine that the book probably would have more clarity I, on that. Yeah, I thought it like he was throwing it because if it hit something, mm -hmm. some type of force. Yeah, that's basically what to, it is. Yeah. It's yeah. He so in the book explains. Uh, and I haven't gotten very far in the book. This is kind of like just at the beginning, but 
uh, he's throwing them, and like every so often, oh, there was a quote that I wrote down that he said. Oh, also, this is this is an amazing quote that's in the book. Uh, he he yells out to one of the other guys. He says, "Stalkers cut, cut in line at the gates of heaven." Jesus, yeah, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Literally, bro. Like, I got chills. I got, I got chills when he said that. But the one thing he says when he's throwing the nuts, he says, the path must be clear for a hundred yards to your left or right. So he throws those, uh, like, you know, every so often. And, uh, there's a one point where he's, he, he says that he throws like 10 or 11 of them, I think, um, before the path is clear. Cause they keep like, they'll go and then like mid stride, they'll like zoom out of the way. Okay. And so it's like showing you that there's like some kind of trap there basically. Right. Right. Um, so, but the thing is you don't see that in the movie. You yeah. have to have faith in the guide the whole time. Mm. Even when he, when the, when the professor disappears, um, he's like, he's just, like, he's like, well, he's he's, yeah. he's dead. We're never gonna see him again. Yeah. And then you see him again. And you're like, it makes your faith waver. Yeah. You know, because like, yeah. is it, like, like the whole time you're like, is this guy just leading us through the wilderness for nothing? Just right. like a crazy guy. Nobody's seen any kind of proof of anything throughout the whole movie until the very end. Mm-hmm. But Dude. Um, so the the whole thing is like blind faith, more specifically. Yeah, because um, you never see anything, even when they get to the room and they're all contemplating everything, um, and none of them even end up going into the room. Uh, it's just like, you know, it's all based on faith like, as an audience member, and you still are left to believe. You know, was it real? Until you know the end, which kind of like, sure, you know, so uh, it's it's like the reward for your blind faith almost. Yeah, yeah, it's it's such a good. I had my fa- I had faith pretty early on when like when the the writer is like I'm just gonna go in the room over there and he's like you can't do that yeah he's like he's like you have to take this path and he's like you have these rules and regulations I'm just gonna do it my way and he's like okay. But if something calls you back, like you need to come back here. That seems crazy. And though. he starts I walking up, and scene. he starts hearing yes. the voices, and it's like that. Did you for, say that's, that? Yeah, yeah, that yeah, moment like right. solidifies it for me. I'm like, dude, this is a place that needs to be that is to be respected. But at the same time, you don't know if if somebody's fucking with you because it right, sounds yeah. like the stalker's voice that says it. Right. And then he turns to the other guys. Like, like why'd you come back? Yeah. Exactly. It's like yeah, yeah. So you, you still don't know as the audience. You can only assume. And then you have the professor who is so. He's very casual and nonchalant throughout the whole movie, but like I, th- it's it's later brought up because he knows he knows that it's real and he knows that this is inherently going to turn into a bad thing. Yeah, anything good can be corrupt, and this is the ultimate good. This is man's tangible touching God, mm-hmm. to, or tangibly able to touch God. Yeah, and. It will take no time whatsoever for an evil person to come there and make and do something bad, mm. especially in a room that judges you yes. on the wish that you're making. Right, it is going to do something evil. Evil men do evil deeds. Right, and yeah. it's like the story he tells with a porcupine. 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 Um, the guy who he, like he had this desire to bring his brother back yes. or whatever. Yeah. That's not even what happened because that wasn't his deepest desire. Yeah. And yeah, it's like he didn't even know that. You know. Yeah, he yeah. wasn't prepared. That, that's really cool because like. Like I said, each time I watch the movie, I kind of walk away with different takeaways. Mm-hmm. But one of the most recent times I watched it, I viewed it, the room as being, or, you know, like the final room as being like the final judgment where mm-hmm. whatever your innermost desire is, is kind of laid bare before everything. Mm-hmm. And it just is on display. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And just like, 
yeah, uh, the end of the, of the movie is crazy to me because mm. it definitely called to me the final judgment of of the world at right, that right. point. So yeah, I mean, I I I, I love that that concept that it's like you can have whatever desire you have going up to the room, but we'll just have to wait and see what, what really what mm, yeah, yeah what actually yeah. happens right, and that's why it's like none of them have the balls to do it. Yeah, it's like you're not in control of what happens past that. In that, the same that, time, that it's order. almost like it's almost like in the same vein of suicide it, right. it, it's like and i and, and like i don't i don't uh, but, do it it's getting um but it's more, like but it's you, you you it's have good. you have the ability to open that door yeah at any uh-huh. point but you don't you will never know what's beyond that door until you shut it behind you right 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 um, you and so nobody you like want. you know we they all travel and suffer this far to get here and then they you know as far as we know decide not to go through with it right. right to just keep on living their lives as normal people yeah you know? um the one thing that i do not understand is the dog oh yeah yeah i always love the dog i don't have a because there's that there's that, that scene either. when they first get in there uh, into the uh well actually i don't even know if they've crossed the border yet but he has like that vision there at that stream and he has that vision of him with the dog I yeah. lo- oh i've got a lot to say about that okay. stream, by oh, the way good. not not about the dog so oh, we'll, the stream about the stream, yes, okay. but does anyone have any thoughts about the dog? Well, I mean, the dog, like, I only saw it as, like, maybe a entity because, like, oh, it, yeah. it shows up only in, in dreams. Is well, that, is that they, right? they, no, they, at the end, they find them. it. They find him in the end, and then they bring him oh, back with them. That's right. I forgot so about maybe that. I, it, maybe. She's like, his wife is trying to offer the dog up to the writer. That's very that's true. Smaller, yeah. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Th- at the end, because she's like, does anybody want this oh, dog? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like... They had to listen to that dog drink milk for, like, yeah. what feels like 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> this is Mabel. Yeah, honestly, every day. <laughs> you don't remember that? Yeah, I don't know. I, was, I went off on my own trail. Sorry. <laughs> what were you thinking? I was thinking about the symbolism of the... The writer, the guide, and the professor. Mm. And it's like, you know, you have like a trinity there. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's similar to like um, the Holy Spirit, which is the the, the guide, the, uh, what does it call it specifically? The um, Stalker? No, 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 in the Bible. The, the uh, Holy Trinity? He says, I'll send my... Helper. Helper. Yeah. Spirit? Yeah. Uh, my boy! The, the writer, which would be like the word, you know. <laughs> also my boy. Yeah. <laughs> and then the professor, which would be like the, the all-knowing, like the... I guess the father, fig, fig, the, but I don't know. That, that, that just like struck me when I heard the word writer just now. Hmm. Um, I that's like, very interesting. Talking about the the trio Trinity, mm-hmm. which like I li- I like that interpretation. I saw them as all three iterations of faith. Yeah, like you oh, said, wow. it's like it's like the the stalker is the one who believes fully blindly you have the dude who only believes because his life fucked up so bad that he's like i have nothing else to live for like i, I don't right. even know why the fuck i'm here it doesn't even matter yeah. does it does do you care you know he's just like i'm just here to do it and then you have the scientist who's like i just want to see if this is actually true so right. like he's yeah. actually he's like there to test it yeah he's yeah. more of like a seeker and i think the yeah. writer's almost using it for his own game almost like yeah, he's that, abusing that the, too a kind of kind of like an abuser yeah. yeah so it's like a believer an abuser and a seeker yeah and the scene with the, with the bomb it. oh man yeah. so the the professor finds it right he's the first one that has it yeah and oh, then he's trying to and then they're, they're both kind of like oh no don't do it and then the writer sides with him and then the professor doesn't want to do it 
And the oh, rider yeah. has the ball. It's so and, weird, and, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they, they kind of yeah. like shift all around. Yeah. I love it. It's, it's so weird. That's crazy, because I just saw all three of them as... <laughs> Shinji, Asuka, and Rei. I was gonna make that joke in time. Oh, not, it's not even a joke. Not even a joke. Yeah, I yeah, wrote like yeah, a whole yeah. thing. Like that is yeah, my honestly yeah. got my correlation. Like they are, they are the exact same people, bro. Shinji's the soccer. Damn. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I would say that Shinji is Shinji's the writer. The I think Shinji is the writer, but it's flipped. Where the writer is kind of like nothing really matters. So what does it matter if I do whatever I want? Where Shinji's like. I don't really know what matters. Yeah. You have like so like, yeah, I think that the, the stalker is Asuka. Because stalker is usually gets like gets very aggravated when people aren't doing doing things his way. Um and he finds no purpose in life other than to be a stalker, the way that Asuka only finds purpose in life piloting an Ava. Oh, okay. Interesting. Well, uh, yeah. We'll go and then the professor, Professor's Ray, because uh, the professor just has a very calm demeanor, and he's a little mysterious, and inevitably is the one who causes the final conflict, like, kicks off the events of the final conflict towards mm -hmm. the end of the movie, uh, bringing the bomb to the zone, much like Ray's ulterior motive throughout. Mr. The President, we found a third boss. Oh, no. <laughs> the and the author is Shinji in his self-hatred and his journey to discover his purpose. The author's constantly questioning why why he's here, just like Shinji constantly questions why he's fighting for a world he doesn't even want to exist in anymore. And mm. Mizato is the dog. She got that dog. <laughs> I got that dog. Dude, we figured it out. <laughs> no, that's really good. I like that. That, that was cool. That, yeah, 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 that was dope. Now, I, I will say, we didn't even touch on this on Evangelion, but my correlation between these two because we're just kind of touching on that is that they're both kind of like central core personality movies is like mm -hmm. i feel like anybody who watches these movies will side with with one of these characters oh, portrayed yeah. oh, oh for sure it, it, they're 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 very universal in their in their approach like that they're they're always trying to think of everybody mm -hmm. all the time i don't know if that was even the goals of the director it's just but when you think of i think something so that's well themed yeah. I guess it, it becomes kind of universal in a way. Who did you side with, Matt? For, uh, for stock? Or who did you like? For, yeah, who was your perspective? Oh, wow, yeah, like... At one point or another, I I, I would I would have sided with maybe the stalker, but now I'm definitely more of like the scientist guy. Okay. I, 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 I even see value in blowing up something like, okay. something like that. But okay. I don't know if I do that. I don't know if I have the guts to do that, mm -hmm. but it's like I do understand where that guy's coming from when he's yeah. like... This is too. This is too much. Yeah. This is this is too much power. If this actually exists, I'm gonna blow it up. Like I, I, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't trust other people. But aren't you taking that power into your own hands by doing that? It feels like a very In a way, right? Yeah, yeah. That's it right. feels like a very materialistic. Matt's causing a third impact. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> I would definitely uh, relate more with the stalker. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm. I'm. Yeah. Me and the writer. We we go in places. I might identify more with the writer sometimes. Yeah, that's what I feel too. Just like the, the level writer, of doubt. Writer, yeah. Well, I yeah. think the level of arrogance of mm -hmm. there's this. We talked about the scene where he is like, "F this. The room. The zone is like the room is right there. I'm gonna walk right up right. to it. Like, why do we need the stalker right now?" Mm -hmm. He walks up there and then he gets freaked out and he's like, "Oh, yeah. okay, maybe maybe this is not all as it seems. Let me let me go back." Yeah, I, I think I would definitely relate with him and like the unfortunate arrogance at times. Um, but like, yeah. Anyway, that, that was my take on it. Yeah, I can see cool. myself relating with the writer too, with like the especially when they're like in, at the room, uh, that, like you know, and they're all contemplating. Um, the you know the weight of, of what that decision would even mean yeah right mm -hmm. uh, yeah. that's very but big too, I think for like yeah. the the whole thing and it's like I think it probably maybe because I grew up like you know religious or whatever but like 
that um, hope, I guess, for something uh, outside of myself, you know? Yeah. And the, like, almost, I don't want to say joy, but, like, the um, kind of, like, uh, serenity, maybe, is a better word, of, like, uh, the possibility of, like, showing people that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, or, like, letting people... Showing offering people, people a chance at at uh, salvation something. not necessarily salvation I can't offer maybe like that. ultimate but purpose like, or something or yeah like, it's, like, like I don't really know how to describe it but like just like, like being able to like give like offer someone something that they could uh, better themselves with or like something okay. that would make them you know like I don't know how to describe kinda it kind of like drinking like, or becoming Orange Fanta the reason I did LCL all the, the way GK down baby set. It's like offering something, something <laughs> to someone that they they have, you, maybe haven't seen did before. Did you like, just con- compare the room in Stalker to your set at the JCPP? No, language? I compared the way I think that the the feeling that that the that the uh, the, the Stalker has for like being able to bring people into this. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That I get it. Yeah. That I get and, it. And even arguably, we kind of all went around and we're like, oh, we we identify with this one a lot. We identify with this one a lot. I think everybody can identify with all three of those characters if you yeah. just approach it's a it. a man. Yeah, seriously, right. And like, what is a man but like the relation of bodily parts like all together what so it's like you you you, 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 you know, <laughs> are you trying to say a man chooses a slave obeys <laughs> there have been times <laughs> yes. i i do agree that, like they, they are all man mm-hmm. but in the past i've interpreted it in a lo- much heavier the uh the stalker being like the more mess- messianic figure yeah and i think the um going we talked about the scene of the the creek and the dog mm-hmm. and i think that that scene is one of the most powerful in, t- in the entire movies uh movie because it um while they're all kind of in that dreamlike state like sleeping or resting uh he says may everything come true may they believe may they laugh at their passions for that which they call passion is not really the energy of the soul but merely friction between the soul and the outer world but mostly may they have hope and may they become as helpless as children for weakness is great and strength is worthless. And I, I think uh, I've talked with Nick about this in the past, but it's like that desire for like, like he's been here before and he has a, a little bit better understanding of what the zone and the room brings. And he is kind of pleading for them like to put aside their preconceptions of what it's going to entail and just uh, approach it with humility and see what it has to offer. And he's also really pleading for them to enter it pure of heart because he talks about Porcupine, the guy who tries to bring his brother back from the dead, but instead he uh, his greatest desire was to get rich. And he, he didn't even know that. Right. And that's that's like the most devastating realization because like you, you realize in that moment that like anybody could enter that room right, with, right. with something in mind of like, oh, I wish for this. And the room is going to be like, no, you don't. Right. This is actually what you want. And then you're going to have it and you're going to realize I'm a piece of shit. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm not a good person. I went in here and was like, I wish to end world hunger. And I got a, a million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, damn. <laughs> as you, as you peel out. <laughs> It forces you to... <laughs> I miss my brother, but... <laughs> <laughs> David Lean, brother! <laughs> David Lean! 
but no, it's of Arabia. It forces you to really examine what your what your innermost desires are, and I think uh, the end of the movie because we talked about they ultimately do not have enough faith that their desires are pure, so they don't go into the room. They ultimately decide like I I don't know, dude. Like I probably am not thinking what I really. What I, what I think I want might not be what I really mm. truly want. So they come back home, and the wife of the stalker, uh, the beginning of the movie, she's so mad at him. Like, why, why are you doing this? Why are you going back into mm. the zone? Like, what, what the hell is wrong with you? You're abandoning your family. Um, our daughter is suffering right now. And you're, We've you're, named her Monkey, and it's like <laughs> ironic. Yeah, and one, she can't walk, so it's just cruel. One piece, like, one piece reference. Yeah. yeah. And so, Luffy Gear Five Unstoppable. Okay. <laughs> but and then she busts a nut on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> but the wife, after they've gone through this long journey, she uh, she she still loves the stalker. Yeah. I think that's a, a very it, it it's a strange part of the movie. Yeah, where yeah, you know yeah. he's like, like you know they don't believe or whatever. And you think it's like it's kind of like his deathbed almost. You sure. Know? And you don't really know, but and then it, it pans over to her and she's like sitting in this chair and then it's like a confessional, mm. you know she's like talking right to you. It, it it's jarring. Yeah. You know? And it's weird because like it feels like a bizarre temper tantrum when he comes back because it's like in inherently they made the right decision these were people that should not have gone into that room they would have they would have ruined their lives mm-hmm. these were people that were not prepared to receive what that room was going to give and instead of being like i understand this was the right thing like he's just like they don't get it how dare they they made a mockery of this whole thing and it's it's like i can't tell if he's upset because of the actions that led them to not make the wish or the fact that they just didn't go in and and make the wish and like wasted quote unquote wasted his time i i think that i think that it's partially it almost like santa claus mm. if people don't believe mm-hmm. he doesn't have a job anymore he mm. doesn't get he doesn't get to fulfill that wish if people don't believe enough to to venture out into the zone. Well, buddy, yeah. Tim Allen did it for yeah. three straight movies in a in a miniseries. Yeah, but I'm he, sure but they he can... gave his kid no legs and a mind control ability. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, you know, and then, and he's like probably dying from the zone, you know. Right. Um, oh, well, aren't they all? Yeah. In actuality, yeah. I mean, everybody well, on set of this movie yeah. died from that being on that movie. In game though, in game. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, you're right. <laughs> IRL dead, but in game definitely, yeah. definitely dead. Um. So I mean that was kind of my take on it was that it, he was he wasn't necessarily like oh shit nobody went in the room it was more so like like if if this like uh, disbelief kind of spreads mm-hmm. then I then I'll have no purpose yeah well I, I think that's what it is like what is your, what I view is your purpose? <laughs> I view them all coming back into the world as witnesses of like oh there's more than what we thought we you know like we're living out these dreary lives like the uh who was the writers of drunk mm-hmm. he's fucking so tired of he doesn't believe in himself anymore in his artistic ability which like i always think i of can eight say and a half i think of eight and a half mm-hmm. and like the yeah. uh the whole like the director throughout the entire movie um been there <laughs> dude yeah me too man but like uh yeah, they come out of the zone, and I, I think they're, they've been witnesses to something supernatural, and they are basically going, it's up to them to go out into the world and kind of describe, like, 
okay, things are not what you think. Like your own rational sense, it mm -hmm. does not encompass everything that there is about our reality. Yeah. So agreed. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take a quick left turn. I'm going to take us out of the serious conversation for just a second. Tell a story of something that happened while we were wa while the, the, we were watching Stalker. We're watching this movie, and and Nick Nick makes a joke that all of the people in this movie look like off brand celebrities. Yeah, <laughs> he's like he's like. Because I, I think I had something like the stalker from like a, there was like one angle where like he turned his head and I was like, oh my God, that's Jason Statham. Like literally yeah. just like Jason Statham. And Nick goes, yeah, and the writer is what, Vigo Vigo Mortensen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was like, and the professor's Robert Forrester. And Nick, Nick looks at me and he goes, what's Robert Forrester in? And I was like, oh man, he's in Twin Peaks The Return, Mulholland Drive, Wolf of Snow Hollow. And and I'm I'm trying to think of other other which one is he in Twin Peaks? He's the sheriff in the in the Return. Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah and true. so I was like, I was like yeah it's that guy. And Nick was like oh I, I I don't know who that is. And I made a joke. I was like oh he did this really shitty '80s like ski movie called Avalanche. And Nick goes I've seen that. <laughs> I was like, like that's where you know Robert Forrester from is the fucking '80s ski movie Avalanche, yeah. not Wall and Tribe. And like I'm I'm like so perplexed that this is the thing that he's and like yeah. that was like a that was like a solid two minutes of the dead silence in the movie just laughing at this movie that I've only seen from a mystery science episode that <laughs> Nick was like I saw on sci-fi one night <laughs> you got the Chad like, sci-fi experience the virgin <laughs> mystery science theater <laughs> there actually are benefits to watching random ass it was mystery movies. science theater no commentary <laughs> <laughs> strip down sex yeah I watch this all the time actually <laughs> I see some crazy shit on sci-fi I watched the when I was a kid I watched I saw In the Mouth of Madness for the first time on sci-fi at like 1 o'clock in the morning I was like 12 years old and that movie scared the bejesus out of me and then I watched it like when we were living with Nick. Me and Molly like got takeout and threw it on. And I was like, "This movie scared me shitless, man! I'm so excited! It's a John Carpenter movie. It's gonna be fucking crazy." That movie was fucking cheeks. <laughs> like, it was the most bottom tier, boring ass, stupid movie. I'm so I was ready. like, "Oh, okay." I'm so ready to check it out. John John Carpenter has a great way of mixing this weird trash and uh, just perfection yeah it's it's, it's a weird one it's just like weird. michael bay it's a weird it's a weird blend <laughs> we do not speak <laughs> here. i was like god damn it anyways though i think that the reason why the stalker wouldn't let his wife go into the zone is because he knew that she would wish that he would stop going into the zone <laughs> oh man yeah probably because she like he's like i'll go with you and he's like you can't you cannot Whoa. go he may also, also the just... No, 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 oh, come no. on. Challenge me. No, no. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Suck it to him, dog. Come well, on, it, might, it might have been somewhat uh, referencing the like traditional view that that women get their God through their husband. Oh, man. Yeah. I could see that. It's a good point. Or... It could not be that, <laughs> <laughs> or yeah, yeah. It, also, it definitely could not be. Yeah, I don't know. That was that was more the the vibe that I had gotten because I think her deepest desire is to have like, is to have a family, is to have her husband present with their child, not her living in the scariest right. piece of plywood house ever built with their disabled child named Monkey, completely all alone. And like she even brings it up at the beginning, it's like she doesn't even know you. 
Like, just stay here. You just got out of prison. Why are you doing this again? So I think that her ultimate desire, it just the way... The zone calls, baby. Yeah, I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man. <laughs> it is, I mean, he is kind of like a drug addict in that, in, in that sense. It's like he can't stop doing it, even when... He has a wife who just wants him to stay home, which I know he he would have to ultimately sacrifice what he ultimately wants in order to adopt that 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 new life. Yeah, that's how I see it at least. And I I uh, yeah I I personally don't. I guess just just adding my my two cents to 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 the whole thing um, with 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 the wife and the or I guess the stalker and his wife, he. I guess they are displaying, at least how I interpreted it, was more archetypes for like men and women. Because mm. that's just, now I mean, that's like a very broad take, but it's the same thing as like Shinji and Asuka being left on the beach. It's like, it's the same vibe that I get from that couple that I do with mm. with like the other couple as well. Baka Stalker. <laughs> yeah. Baka Shinji. Baka yeah. Shinji. Maybe the dog represents doubt. I know, that was, I know that was out of nowhere, but I don't know. So, so here's the thing. Yeah, what makes so? Uh, well, so we haven't talked about the stream yet. Oh yeah, we still. But have. yeah, yeah. So I guess back to that real quick. Um, when he sees the dog by the stream, it could represent there like a creeping doubt of his of his right. And then they get to the room, and everybody starts doubting that they have what it takes to go into the room. And that's when the dog shows up, mm-hmm. and then they take that dog back with them. It's like the only thing they brought back with them from the zone was doubt. I wonder, because I don't know, there's this scene, like, right before they go into the room where you see, like, the dead bodies. It's the first time you've seen any human Mm. whatsoever, and the dog is, like, whining, looking at these these dead people. I don't know if it's necessarily doubt, though, because you also have the scenes of, like, him laying in the stream and, like, the dog running by him. I took it as that, because the scene the first time you see the dog is him laying in the stream, and it's sepia tone again, and he looks like... Mm-hmm. visually haunted but the line right before that is what like he i think the author postulates in a shadow puppet dog. sorry the, tell this? Look at that. sorry 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 i, I see that now <laughs> but the, the author postulates something on the lines of like what would happen if like you went in and made a wish and then he has this like bizarre yeah. sepia tone ego death flashback and never go back to the zone if he makes a wish right i don't i don't know i just don't know if the dog is doubt but i also really don't have like a a better idea of what the dog truly represents but i mean he brings up earlier like when they get there like no life can exist here so it's just weird that the dog it, uh, immediately it's odd that yeah. the dog is there but he also doesn't seem like that's something uh, in the book as well it's like there's no life there not even bugs or anything man there were inchworms walking all over his hand True, when he was laid down inchworm, yeah. <laughs> well so i think one important thing about the stream is that there we see the montage. There's uh, coins. There's uh, a gun. Uh, needles. Oh, the gun. Hypodermic needles. It's like it's going through this yeah. with like the quote that I read earlier, and it talks about. Uh, well, then eventually it shows uh, a painting of Christ, and I think it talks a lot about, um, especially the the modern society, and like the concept of like wealth. Uh, drugs, um, religion, and violence. violence. Yeah, with the gun, and all these different things that are like so integral to the human experience. Uh, and I think the water is really cool because water is kind of like a symbol of rebirth or like 
even just like the fading away like uh the gun all these things are deteriorating deteriorating underwater uh over time it, like dude what the heck is the purpose of a gun in the zone I'm like, well doesn't he tell him I'm like shoot he's zone. like he's like leave it here like the, yeah it, the room won't let you enter with it or something like that right. and he yeah. like what are you playing on what are you going to do with and it he's even just, just like all right dude, let me what, just slide it into the water yeah what good is currency when you're out right. here in nature yeah <laughs> like right. dude that's pavement bud <laughs> <laughs> put her down over there but it's almost like you need to like literally relinquish Kind of what faith represents. You right, need to right. be able to be stripped down, bare bones, and not have anything else. You can't rely on money to to get to from point A to point B. You can't rely on violence to get from point A to point B. You can't rely on anything. It is just you and the zone. Yeah, you have to be one in the same. You have to be interlocked in order to go on the quest, make the wish, and then get back safely and save the princess. There you go. Save the cheerleaders. Save the world. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Super Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, uh, you have all these things in, like, a very materialistic, materialistic world. But I think uh, the wife is very central to what ultimately matters. Like, he gets back home and she still loves him, mm -hmm. despite all his failings. And I think that uh, all these things that are so important to people like wealth, uh, violence and religion and all these things. I think if you don't have love at the center of it, yeah, then nothing sure. matters. Mm -hmm. And I think that, uh, I, I view like the journey through the zone as like the, the journey through life. Mm -hmm. Uh, you're going to have to overcome obstacles. You can't, there are some things that might be beyond like your own rational senses, but and you might have to rely on faith to get past it. Um, but yeah, if you don't have love there at the center of it, then, uh, it's it's pointless. Yeah. So, yeah, you must believe. And I wish they'd make a sequel with Monkey, because <laughs> right, that's that's got to be the start of her villain arc. <laughs> I think that and we my were, dad sucks, bro. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think we he went out for milk and cigarettes in the zone. He never came yeah, back. Right. When, he, never when came he finally came, came back, back radiated. <laughs> <laughs> Fallout Three, <laughs> terrible but dad. She, but she has telekinesis, so maybe maybe she's she's able to control it and like hover herself Someone's by 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 like. Yeah, but she angry. You can tell. Do you like the well, way I mean, it sounds? Like, <laughs> she's like a Sith. Mm -hmm. yeah. God damn it! You did it again. We almost made it a couple episodes. You yeah. piece of what shit. What do you say? What do you say? You made a Star Wars reference in the middle mm -hmm. of the Stalker Evangelion episode. Might as well. Now Towards I feel the end. Yeah, the the end, we're not even started, baby. This uh -oh. is the preamble. Right. Yeah, right. No! <laughs> the P, part two. The P strikes back. God. No, I, I think that um, we, we, we brought it up a little bit when we were watching it, too, like the sepia tone and the color difference. I Because when, when you first started, you're just thinking, like, oh, they're in the zone, this place is in color. But then when they come back, it's back in sepia tone, but then it switches back to color for the last, like, couple mm -hmm. of minutes of the movie. And it's almost like the... Um, it, I th I viewed it this time around that the perspective of the movie of who's telling the story changes when it shifts back to color. The first thing you see is is the kid, and this is where she is the happiest when her family is finally together, doing something. And then I think it switches back to the sepia tone when it's back to the stalker being like, mm -hmm. "Everyone's an idiot but me." And then it switches back to color for the telekinesis scene, mm -hmm. and then the movies the movie's over so i i liked it that was what i got this time is that the, the it yeah. turns to color because the daughter's perspective and this is where right. she is the happiest yeah i mean it could be that not to disagree with you 
but it could also be that it's like you know he feels the same way with his daughter true that he does with because i feel like i, I kind of got the notion that he that his his wife more regretted the daughter than he did hmm. uh because of the way she is yeah you know? and she kind of blamed him for that um and he probably blames himself as well but for sure but i think he has a easier time seeing past you know what his daughter is or whatever yeah but so i, I feel like it still could be it's still from his perspective, and, and it's, he, feels, he feels the same joy when he's with her, um, or at least at the, in this specific moment. Um, and then when he's home and sick, it goes back to the CP tone. But, you know, that's... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just think, it like, it, like, the movie, like, this discussion alone is, like, such a proving point of why this movie is so great. Like, there's so much to discuss, and there's so many different angles to look at it, and I think that everybody... As long as you're willing to, like, relinquish yourself to the movie, like, you will walk out of that a completely different person. And I think it will speak to you specifically in a very weird, very different way. I've looked through a lot of commentaries, a lot of different reviews and thoughts on the movie. I feel like I never see the same thought twice. Like, every Just like the KJV, man. <laughs> The okay. good old, good old. Don't you have, don't you have to jerk off or something? No, nope, I do have to pee though. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! All right then. Do you have? Does anybody have anything I, else to add to Stalker? If I, dude, yeah, I, I have one more thing I want to say. Okay, I hope no it's not worries. like too much at this point. Yeah, but no. like, um, the I, I going back to the stream. Uh, we've talked about this so much, dude. But when they're resting there around the halfway point of the movie, uh, the Stalker talks. He recites the story from Luke's gospel where mm -hmm. uh, Jesus appears to the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. Um, and it was three days after he'd been crucified. So he had just risen from the dead. Hell. Um, and he... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Bro, get your Scientologist views I'm out of here. <laughs> but he talks to them right after he's risen from the dead. And... They don't recognize him the entire time they're talking to him. And these are people that have been right. close friends of his. So they've known him for a long time. Years. And they don't recognize him. And I think it really demonstrates the limits of human reason and how uh, even like the most intimate of friends didn't recognize him until he performed a supernatural act in front of them. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that same... The reason why that's pointed out in Stalker with the Stalker telling that to them is really describing how if they approach this journey through the zone, through the limits of human reason, they're not going to understand the purpose of the zone. Mm. Th there's a spiritual aspect here that, uh, you know, like going back to the rider, like being like, F this, I can walk right up to the house. I'm fine, dude. Um, if you, if you pursue it with that kind of uh, arrogance instead of humility, you're not going to understand what's going on. Yeah. Right, for sure. So, hmm. Amen. Yeah. All God's people said? Gang, gang. <laughs> gang, 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 gang. <laughs> so good. I'm the lowest of the low. <laughs> what do we, uh, we give in Stalker? Fucking five. 11 out of 10, bro. Yeah, yeah five. Five out of five? Yeah. yeah. Joey? I'm giving it a four. 
I like what? it. What? Dude! I thought you went to Word of Life. What the dude, fuck? I, you're you're <laughs> right. You're exactly right. <laughs> I just wish it was an hour shorter, I guess. I don't know. Man, I you probably wish really that Lord like, of the Rings was a tight 90. God, I wish it had never existed, but <laughs> Can you believe that's that? another day. It's no Chronicles of Narnia, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, oh man, four out of five. Yeah, it's good. I really like it. After, after a two-hour conversation, you're gonna sit here and say that that was a fucking four yes, movie. That's fucked it. up. That's my, that man brought you a peach tea, and you have the audacity to give this movie a four out of five. Respect, bro. Respect. Yeah. It's all on you. A four is a good score. It is. It's fine. It's fine. Three. Of course it is. Yeah. I know a vegan lady gave Stalker like a one and a half. Yeah, I could Ralph. Every time I think of that, I'm just vegan like, lady. I. W- oh my god! Shout out vegan lady? to vegan lady. One of our favorite Letterbox users. She's this. She's this Letterbox user that that Hannah found, and she like reviews movies and then gives vegan alerts at the bottom <laughs> of them. <laughs> and alerts. we can't figure out if it's a bit or if she's like, <laughs> yeah, or if she's like shit. not capping at all. Odds based. Really but she has like the most bizarre takes on like movies <laughs> that we love. <laughs> Dear me, though, and sometimes they're really funny. Oh I yeah, so maybe ironically, but like, that's the I can't tell if it's yeah. a bit or if she's yeah. like dead serious. Like I really love her reviews a lot of the times. I don't know, man. I, I usually heavily disagree with them. Oh but yeah, I love them. Like w- like I can't think of the last time I saw a movie <laughs> that vegan lady that I that vegan lady and I had shared like even sort of the same opinion on. Yeah. Um, like, you'll watch a, a movie that has animals dying in it, like, obviously, and she'll give you that alert, like, the this animal die. you watch this type of animal die in the movie, or they uh, eat... They killed Godzilla. Like, chicken in the... Oh, it's like, it's literally yeah. stuff like that, though. Or another good one that I, that I saw recently was that someone rode a horse. Is it was 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 one of those. Oh yeah, one of never forget those. Sh- they rode a horse. horse. <laughs> she gave irreversible one star. Can't imagine what would happen there. Someone rode a horse. Is my review of Lord of the Rings, bro. I don't know <laughs> what you're talking about. She gave she gave possession 1981 director's cut a two and a half, and the vegan alert was that there's eggs and butter in the fridge. <laughs> Bro, uh, resorting to violence. I don't remember that being against veganism. Uh, blood. Um, Bro, if you don't have yeah, eggs blood. and butter in your fridge, you might be a communist. Margie's first stole Anna slicing raw meat. There is milk that is spilled. Um, Anna gives their kid yogurt. Uh, body parts are stored in the fridge. Bestiality and dead dog floating in the water. There's a handful of these that I don't think really need to be on that list. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like resorting to violence. <laughs> well, that that was one of the the uh, internal uh, dramas within some of her reviews is that some of her fans or like ultra fans or people who are really tuning into her vegan alerts so that they can know what to be alerted by whenever they watch these movies, they yeah. were actually offended that the points were only geared towards animals. Uh. So they needed her to actually expand upon it. It was Oppenheimer it, was the one where he was riding a horse. Oppenheimer oh, was the no. one where she was like, vegan alert, someone rides a horse in this movie. <laughs> no, bro, there's a bomb, but someone's riding a yeah, horse. Yeah, someone rides a yeah. horse. That's no, the real no crime. Yeah. Just, yeah, just trigger, ju- just trigger warnings. She fucked up. That's right. She also gave Drive two stars. She didn't even like, there's no vegan alert. She just gave oh, it two well, stars. I mean, she might that, be based. That, that review is based, though. I was about to say, two, two stars? Oh, okay. 
I, I Drive is overrated, bro. Oh, hey, no. Only God Forgives hey, is based, though. Oh, Only God Forgives it. has literally a white woman say the N-word like 10 times, and then it's just it's Ryan Gosling. Then it's just Ryan Gosling <laughs> staring at a camera while a, a small small little man like beats the shit out of him. Dude, it's it's an okay movie. Mommy finish, bro. It's a fine movie. Dude. It's like it is good, it is not great. She also gave come and see two and a half stars. Like this this woman's off her damn rocker. Shinji and see. What did she give end of Evangelion? I guarantee you that she, she watched. I am pretty sure she did. Let's find she out. She does watch a lot Let's of movies. Let's find out. She watched like movies that are like this. movie thing. She's a follower like, of like the podcast. She follows no. me on Letterboxd. Yeah, I was gonna say she follows some doesn't she follow oh, you? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Neon yeah. Genesis, End of Evangelion. No, she has it in her want to watch. Okay. She hasn't seen it yet. She gave like all the rebuilds like one star though, Ooh. or some shit like that. Well, dude, I mean, she's probably gonna give the show one star. So I, mean, <laughs> why? I on. don't doubt it. She's not intelligent, but it is what it is. You can only she, do she, so much. She's a listener. I don't know if she listens to the pod. She follows me on Letterboxd. She doesn't follow the podcast. I doubt that she knows that we have a podcast. Yeah. Well. If she does, we'd you love to have you heart, on. Bro. We'd love to have <laughs> yeah, you on. Yeah, I'm Just explain some of your. Reviews. I would love to know, as somebody who who enjoys a good vegan treat every now and again. I would love. Meat. I'd yeah, love to I know. Enjoy, I do enjoy, enjoy good meat. A good well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good All right. Caillou. 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 Well. Hell yeah, guys! Um, Matt, it's it's your turn next week. What are we? Oh. What are we watching? Yes. Yeah, so. Sorry, let me actually pull this up. Oh, there actually is a scene. I meant to bring this up. There's a scene in episode 26. Yeah. Uh, that mirror almost... It's like that's this the main scene in Stalker with the dunes. I think there's supposed to be graves, but Shinji's just sitting in like a classroom in a chair. Yeah. And it's all these like graves around him. Or, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it looks exactly like that scene. I never did know that. Really? Yeah. Oh, shit. I'll throw rewatch that. Hey, bud, you watch out. There's a thing behind you. Bump it into shit. <laughs> hey, it's called Mirror. Must have been <laughs> Scientists be like. <laughs> All right, so my shot and chaser for next week. Two movies that I've been desperately actually wanting to, oh, to, to no. rewatch. Yeah, I'm so nervous. I'm so right fucking now. scared. The shot is going to be Frank Henenlotter's Bad Biology. God damn it. And <laughs> and the chaser is going to be... Let me make sure I'm getting Elf. this right. It could be. Greg Modela's Superbad. Oh, Hell yes. Superbad? Like the Superbad? Yes. Let's dude. go, bro. What's the other movie? Bad Damn, biology. this is gonna be a rough week for me. I am. Do you not like so? Superbad? I fucking hate Superbad. Oh man, so, Superbad is so subpar. The Christian themes in Superbad are <laughs> <laughs> Finding God in Superbad. I don't know Finding what the first God movie is. <laughs> Just so y'all know, I think Jonah Hill is kind of the messianic figure. Oh, God, what a sad man. day. <laughs> haven't seen Bad Biology, so we will all experience. Oh, you that haven't seen it? Like, okay, like a new. That's baby. also my favorite. When Matt picks movies he's mm. never seen. Yeah. Dude. All right. They usually fuck us up a little bit. What's the first one again? It's about uh bad biology. It is. Uh, we'll just. I'll I'll just read you what. Okay. The, 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 the summary. Driven by biological excess, a young man and women search for sexual fulfillment, unaware of each other's existence. Oh wow. Okay. 
Here we go. Next Great. Week. I'm on to hear the vegan things about that. Yeah, yeah right. right, right. Well, thank you guys so much. Uh, where can people find us on Letterboxd, Matt? On Letterboxd, we're under Shot and Chaser Pod. Awesome. You can also find us on Instagram at the Shot and the Chaser Pod or the Shot and Chaser Podcast. We're also on X uh, <laughs> under the Shot and the Chaser Podcast or at Shot Chaser Pod 22. Matt's been cooking up the heat on there again, as usual, posting his Patrick Bateman gif for everything. <laughs> gif? Doesn't matter. Gif. Doesn't matter what it is. Yeah, dude. Doesn't Whoa. matter. It's always the Patrick Bateman. Ooh, impressive. Very nice. Consistency <laughs> is the bit. And it's the People best think bit. we're a bot account. That's <laughs> all yeah, we post. I report you every week. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. are NPCs. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm trying to prove a point. <laughs> <laughs> this is an artistic statement. <laughs> But until then, the gift works. I'm Nick. I'm Matt. I'm Joey. I'm Fitch. I was also Nick. Hell yeah. Thank you guys so much. And you know what? Congratulations. 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 Congratulations.